The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey everybody, this is Danny Rocket. Thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show. Just a quick message before we start. You are listening to the ad-filled version of the Sun Ranto Show, but you don't have to uh, because I release the Sun Ranto Show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sunranto. It is an early and ad-free iteration of the Sun Ranto Show. So uh, why don't you go on over there for only a dollar a month or uh, $12 a year, uh, you can get access to all of our shows completely early and ad-free. Plus, you get access to our show notes, any of the media that we use in our live show. The, that gets attached to our to our uh, podcast and our show, so you get all that stuff. Anyway, it's a great way you can help out the show. It's a lot better than us having to put uh, ads on our shows because it's, um, you know, shilling for the man. And you don't want us to do that because it's unethical. You'll never be able to believe me again. So, uh, patreon.com slash sunranto. Enjoy the show and our awesome conversation. Uh, here it is. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby, Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Boutros Golly. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Boutros Golly. Sun. hit my limit well that's that's what kind of start is that danny we can't even yeah. hear him <laughs> yeah yeah you you are honestly uh kind of the john vincent of uh podcast announcers yeah i'm the only one that does this and okay, he's the I, only one that does his thing okay i wanted to start <laughs> tonight's show by showing you the stupidest thing i've done all week this is hilarious though this is my fight song take back my So if you like dumbass crap, I'm your man, and this is the show for you. Welcome to the Stud Rantho Show. Hi, I'm D- I'm Danny Rocket, um, and uh, and I guess we should show our display names real quick. Uh, down there on the bottom is Michael Cotton. He's a bottom, so that's why he's down there. Oh, and, baby. Uh, and Crawley, uh, he's our left-wing pink Okami, so that's why he's on, on your left. And I, I'm uh, our right-wing uh, Trump supporter. That's why I got two stars, because <laughs> I'm, I'm a military man. Um, hey, guys, check this out. Uh, went down to Sports World today. They are not a sponsor of this show, but they could be if they'd like to. Uh, but actually, he gave me $2 off this thing. Uh, so but he it was, kind of is. So he kind of is. He sponsored me $20 for this hat. 2019, um, you know, I'll show you the sides, 2019 uh, All-Star Game hat. 
And uh, that this way I can remember forever the Cubs going 0 for 5 in that game. That, that was just a wonderful <laughs> time. You got Javi, Wilson, uh, who else was in that? Rizzo maybe? I don't know. Bryant. But I don't think Bryant – did Bryant even play? Who cares? 2019 is a lost year to us, as was 2020. Um, a couple of quick announcements, and then uh, we're going to bring on Greg Huss from the Growing Cubs podcast. And uh, first announcement is this. I want to thank all of the ranters and the super ranters who are our Patreon supporters that sent in uh, their uh, photographs to be in the one out closer to a beer video, music video. Some people were like, hey, I don't have a picture of me with a beer. I was like, that's fine. Like, doesn't matter. Just you having fun at the ballpark is fine. Um, but thanks to everybody that sent them in. Uh, I'm going to get that done soon. Uh, if you still want to be a part of the video, please send me a picture, preferably of you holding a beer at Wrigley Field. And uh, send it to sunranto, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O, at gmail.com. Or uh, you can uh, look at the Super Ranters uh, Facebook page or the Sun Ranto Ranters page, and uh, you can post it to me there on Facebook. But don't send it to me on Twitter. Hate that. Hate that. Uh, uh, So anyway, I got one more announcement. Sunday night. What are you guys doing? I'm inviting you to something. Yeah. What are we doing, man? Our friend and rancher, Chase. Chase McClure. Oh, are we fishing? He works. No, we're not fishing this time, but we will fish again. You know, he works for Jackbox Games. Yes. And when we played Quiplash and uh, we played the trivia, we've we've done this during the pandemic. We're all trying to figure out what the hell to do with ourselves. Back when the pandemic was brand new and we were kind of like, oh, we can do some cool, fun things. And now it's six months in and we're like, oh, that thing we did that one time. Yeah, now we're doing it again because Jackbox has a brand new game uh, coming out. Jackbox 7 or 8, whatever they're on, that's coming out this week. So I'm going to make a look for it. I'm going to put it in the Sunranto uh, Sun main Facebook page. And uh, if you want to be a part of it, just sign up there. We'll see how many rooms we need to get going, how many games we can get going. And uh, let's play some Jackbox on Sunday night. Let's say uh, 7 p.m.-ish because the Bears uh, – we are playing on Sunday night. Comedy so, Room is asking, how did Crawley get into Wrigley? I got my ways. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. He's Crawley. He's creepy <laughs> Crawley. He's hiding under rocks. Uh, he, he, he crawled. There's high cotton in there. Hey. Creepy Crawley's hiding under rocks. And creepy Crawley's living in a tree. Living at Wrigley. So See, I feel like I need a new drop because I'm no longer in Colorado and I'm not in Chicago. So it's illegal here in Iowa. For me to be high cotton now. Like, yeah. Yeah, it is exactly. You got to come to Illinois if you want to be uh, high cotton. Yeah. And then, uh, but uh, so without further further ado, you guys got anything to add to any of these announcements? No, let's play some Jackbox. No, man, it's all good. It's going to be fun to see the ranters on there and, and hopefully we'll have some fun. We always do. Exactly. So, um, so without further ado, I want to bring on Greg Huss. And he's from the Growing Cubs podcast. Come on in, Greg. He's at out of at out of the vines on the yep. tweet the tweet machine. And uh, welcome to the Sun Ranto sometimes podcasts now um, television extravaganza. Thanks, so, guys. how's it going? It. You guys how's got you- bored already with the off season. Had to bring the prospect guy on <laughs> just a couple weeks in, right? Well, we were. Here's my thought on it, Greg. I, I ended that season and the last season pretty hopeless in like how things were ca- kind of going to be because all these core dudes that were supposed to be peaking right now did it. 
peak. They're yeah. like they, they already peaked. They peaked early. You know, they 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 premature ecubulated, and now, uh, it, now we need to think about the future. So, uh, you know, yeah. Crawley came out. He's got a South Bend hat on. We got and Greg's got his Myrtle Beach Pelicans hat and. Uh, Cotton's still trying to get people from the Negro Leagues to come play, but (laughs) nobody he he does not realize that it's not 1962. You know, Greg, no, but it is we, we, Danny. Greg, uh, Theo Brent mentioned a lot, you know, about change, and that's kind of you know the other reason it's important to really talk about prospects is because you know we're we're at the last year. This is pretty it. This is the last hurrah. We don't know how many of these guys are going to be on this team at the end of 2021, and how many are going to walk away after the 2021 season. So you know, it's been a while since a lot of you know. I know you. What what got you into Cubs prospects? I'm just curious. I, I think it was it was during the the pre uh, World Series run. I'm pre this this era of Cubs baseball, and it was just I mean the unbearable to watch, right? And so <laughs> I watch I watch these guys come up to the major leagues, and I'm like, where the hell did these guys come from? Like, are they, are they just coming out of out of thin air? Like, where where are they coming from? Um, and so that's why I kind of got into following prospects a little bit. Not necessarily like the the minor league teams. I didn't really follow like the teams themselves, and like I wasn't a huge Pelicans fan or, or South Bend Cubs fan. Um, but I was interested in the prospects themselves, you know, and figuring out who these guys are, so that when they made it to Wrigley, I wasn't just completely like dumbfounded by by who these these dudes were. So um, that's kind of how I got into the prospects. And then over time, you you start following the players and the, and the prospects themselves enough that you just start following the teams too, you know, and you start getting into how, how the teams and the records they have and getting into the postseason and following that run that the South Bend Cubs had last yeah, year. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just, it's something you, when you watch enough games, you can't help but become fans of those teams in addition to the players, you know? I think, I think Danny made a joke on Twitter that was funny about, uh, you know, probably you and me are the last guys around Cubs con for the down on the farm segment on Sunday. <laughs> Everybody just hung over, like sleeping in it, sleeping in the back. You know, Crawley's lost a shoe at that point. Like it's it's ugly. Um, yeah. So we we know where the players came from before. Like you know, when like a lot of excitement. Like Michael Cotton and I met at the game when Javi came up, for example, in yeah. Colorado. Like we yeah. came, and he was one of the first dudes to kind of come up that we got to see. Uh, you know, that we were real excited about. Brian came up the next year. Schwarber came up. Contreras. Then they, they just kept on rolling through. Yeah. And so, and, and now all those guys are here. And so now you got a whole different situation. Theo's rebuilt kind of the, how the farm system works at this point. And I actually have footage of, uh, and I snuck this in. I, you know, I went down to Wrigley, way deep into the bowels of Wrigley, and I snuck in and I happened to catch footage of Pitch Lab in action. So check this out. Welcome to Pitch Lab. Bienvenidos a Pitch Lab. So that's actually, uh, that's th- that works. is, that's yeah, that exactly is how it works. And that is right before they let Braylon Marquez pitch. <laughs> and so I was down there in the bowels of Wrigley Field. They, uh, you know, they had, you know, shoved them full of electricity and hot of juice. And then the next thing you knew, he's out there and he looked good and then he didn't look good. So let me ask you about Braylon first. Okay. Let's yeah. get into yeah. some of these guys. And I know you, uh, you know, he's technically now, 
well, he's still a prospect, still but a prospect. now he's he's yeah, got his right. cup of coffee. He's got his cup of coffee. Yeah, we're depending on him. He so, barely he couldn't he didn't even get a chance to finish that cup of coffee. They, yeah. they gave him so little yeah. time in there. It it burned him like a hot cup of McDonald's coffee that you could sue over. And because of COVID, he wasn't even allowed to talk to anybody else on the team. <laughs> so so let me ask you about Braylon. Like you know, we were we, everybody's pounding the table. Uh, on bringing him up. We all want to see Braylon Marquez at the major league level, and they finally gave him that little bit of chance. And I don't think anybody's taken that too seriously about, about like how that went as he was spinning balls out of the zone all over the place. But, um, you know, I know you were high on him before, so tell us about Braylon. What do you, what do you look from him for the Cubs' future? Yeah, so I think that people were, including myself, were banging the drum on on getting Braylon up to Chicago because – we we initially started doing that early on in the year when the pull the bullpen wasn't as good as what it ended up being, and so I, I think me at least I was I was rooting for him to come up to Chicago so he can start working out of the bullpen. We had Kyle Ryan, and then we had we had Rex Brothers every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know who was up there as a lefty, so I was kind of beating the drum for that. And then the season kept going on, and I wasn't I, I wasn't going to back off and say nope, no more Braylon now that we're doing all right, you know. So um, it was one of those things. I, I'm glad he got that cup of tea, that sip of coffee, however you want to describe it in Chicago. Um, but I think it's one of those things where he was going to get added to the 40 man roster this off season, regardless, because he was, he was rule five draft eligible. So it's one of those things where if, if, if you think that he can help you out in Chicago, then might as well give, or, or just you want to get him some, some innings, or I guess, inning in, in the bigs. Um, just for some experience, like why not? Because you're already adding them to the 40 man roster. Might as well do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think with Braylon, it's a, it's a weird thing because you you saw a little glimpse of his stuff in Chicago in that one inning of work. Um, he's got the the high 90s fastball in the minors last year. He well, I guess in 2019 he he touched uh, triple digits pretty regularly. I mean, like he was hitting like 102 on the gun. Um, so no joke with some of the fastball and then a wipeout slider that he could, he featured every once in a while. It was kind of inconsistent with the, with the slider, but, um, so and then a hard, he, a hard changeup too. And a changeup that's, that's been developing more. He didn't use it very, like very often at all in 2019, but, um, he, he, he threw it a few times up in Chicago. Um, it, it's one of those things where he has top of the rotation stuff. Like you like the, the, the high nineties fastball. you like the wipeout slider potentially the change up too but um it's just the consistency with those off-speed pitches and and I think at the very least I think Braylon Marquez is a um really really good member of the bullpen in future years at at the most he kind of figures it out and and can be a a a starter moving forward now will he be the only guy that shows up throwing 100 out of the bullpen because we just I mean we're almost done with the playoffs here but everybody in the playoffs just keeps bringing these guys out that nobody's ever heard of. And they're throwing 105 miles per hour. Like, <laughs> yeah. where do they, yeah. like a role Chapman is looking around going, I'm not special anymore. Well, look at our pitch lab. Our pitch labs in black and white. Their pitch labs <laughs> in color. The wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing as well. Now, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, period. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all of the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You know what I mean? They got a new one. You look at the Rays and they're cranking out guys that are throwing 105. And it's like, I've never heard his name in my entire life. I've never heard those names. And which is crazy because you're actually following this stuff. Like it's not so crazy that our dumbasses don't know, but well, I, we watch an unhealthy amount of baseball and I still have (laughs) never heard of these dudes in my entire life. So, um, part of that with the Cubs is because of their draft strategy over the past several years. Right. So they, for a good four or five year stretch, they were all about drafting the the guys that were in college, playing for SEC schools, playing for for ACC schools that were kind of the number ones on those big time college programs, but not necessarily had great stuff. They were just kind of like 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 the, like the bulldog guys. We we love calling them like bulldog guys, like the John Lester now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like that that doesn't really like there's not a whole lot that can play from that as a as a 22 year old prospect. And right. uh, that was also pre kind of overhaul of Craig Breslow coming in and 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 changing the entire system and, and how it works. Um, but the past couple of years they've gone away from that, and that's been my that's been my favorite thing to watch over the past couple of years is watching these um, high velocity guys get dra- arms get drafted. Um, I know that. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had Ryan Jensen and Michael McAveen from college, and, and they're both hitting triple digits on the gun. Um, and we have a whole lot more as far as relievers go that can touch those triple digits. Now, Mac- McAveen and, and Jensen are both starters as of now. I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, they, they could move over to the bullpen. I want them. I want like McAveen. I want him to be a reliever. But I feel like the Cubs, that's not something they've gotten away from yet is – is they like to work these guys as starters for as long as possible. And I get it. I get that like they're better off as starters. Yeah, but we all get it. They don't have yeah. any starters. They don't have starters. <laughs> like they have like what two guys next year? Like everybody's yeah. gone. You you know Lester's. Well, we yeah Lester's gone. Quintana's gone. Uh, Chatwood's that gone. And so you just got you and Kyle and, and, a and maybe Kyle. Mills. And Mills. And maybe Alec Mills, Mills is yeah, sort Mills. of a still on the fence for me. Well, yeah, he did pitch a no hitter. Jesus, Cotton. Like, I mean, you know? no, he did. He, he fucking pitched a no hitter. It was it was amazing. But I mean, you you're still kind of like, it's yeah, new. I don't know. it's new. Yeah, it was and a COVID no hitter, and we know that when you can't breathe, it's hard to catch up to that fast. And, and then another guy, just to just to kind of keep on, like I want to talk about those other dudes that are down and down below, like Jensen yeah. and McElveen, because how far away are dudes like that? Yeah, I, I mean, Jensen and Matt, it, dep- it depends, right? If McAveen's a reliever, they can get him up to the bigs late next year. Mm-hmm. If they want him as a starter, then not next year. I mean, give it give it 2023 probably before okay. a guy can be up there as a starter. Well, I might but not even be alive then. So, like, <laughs> yeah. this is just, like, forget about life, that. A lot of life to live between now and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Li- <laughs> I mean, after this year, like, I'm really just not counting on anything to happen. But so, uh, and that's an interesting thing there. I mean, Greg, you just said that the Cubs like to stick with these guys as starters and really work them that way and try and get them there. Do you think that 
the major league team is missing out on a few guys because they're spending a little bit too much time trying to start them rather than moving them yes. along. Yes. <laughs> Ab- <laughs> yes. He's- Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, it, it's been something they've done. The front office has done for years now and they just kind of keep these guys down in AAA, and they're in that, that window where they're competing for a world series title. Right. I get that. They don't want, they don't have time to bring someone to the majors and take say, the like, chance. Say, yeah. yeah. They have to know what they're getting at the major league level. I get that. But at some point, you reach a point like now where moving forward, you, you don't know what you have. So you, you got to test them at some point. And there's been guys just like toiling at, in, in AAA. I mean, you have like Dakota Mekis, who's a reliever, has been stuck in AAA for the past two years. And like he had a, a kind of a rough year in 2019. But the previous four years of his career, he was one of the best relievers in minor league baseball at all. So. And it just um, blows your mind a little bit that because I was looking it up today, Rob Sestrinsky is the guy who has the most innings by a Cubs homegrown yeah. pitcher, and that's thirty-four and a third innings. I mean, that's how bad it is. And it, you know, imagine how many innings he'd have if they ever played him, because he always <laughs> comes up to the team and he's there for a while, and then they send him back down. Yeah, he doesn't even pitch. He's well, been. Got... <laughs> I'm just looking though. Is that if you look at, at Theo, the the biggest knock is always going to be the not developing pitching, okay? So you spent a big chunk of your change on Chatwood and Lester and Darvish, and then you traded away Glabar, Soler, Eloy, Cease, all these, uh, Candelario, all to get pitching. And so it's like, do you feel better about the direction since uh, maybe Dan Kantrovitz and, and the draft and all of that? Yeah, I think I'll be I'll be more comfortable when so like going into next year. You just, like Danny, you just talked about the gaps in the starting rotation going into next year, right? I get that depth is is super important for a rotation, and especially in a hopefully a normal year where it's 162 games, right? I get the depth is important, but you have two spots at the back end of that rotation, you have number four, and number five spot, where. Adbert Alzali was really, really good this year. Like he was, he had a great year, and it, it really coming into this year, I kind of thought uh, maybe reliever, but he, he proved me wrong coming into this year. He proved me wrong this year. So, I you look at the number five spot in the rotation. You have a guy like Corey Abbott down in the minors. You have Tyson Miller, who was all right. I mean, he was he was kind of shaky in his couple performances in Chicago, but you have guys that can fill the number five spot. I mean, you're not talking, you're not asking for these guys to be number two starters. So you're, you're asking for a number five start from a guy like Corey Abbott. And would you rather take a chance on a guy like that or have Robbie Ray signed to a major league contract and hoping yeah. he figures it out for the well, first time and, in four years? I've been kind of pounding the table about that. I wish they would go with a, with a little bit more like Brewer style, not opener necessarily, but having trusting your bullpen, getting some guys. Cause if they're stretching these dudes out down in the minor league or uh, on the minor leagues, like Al Salai, and they're saying, okay, these dudes are, we're going to treat them like starters. So they're used to going two, three, four, five, six innings. Well, then I can get two or three out of them at the major league level and then piggyback that. And then you do two of those guys instead of one. And then there's your fifth starter. And then you may be turning a guy around. Here's a lefty. Here's a righty. Here's some slow dude. Here's a fast dude. Here's some movement. Here's a, you know, here's a palm ball. I don't know. Do they still throw that? Like, you know, but just give it a different look. Only one, two times through the order. And it seems like that is like the inefficiency that has been missing 
or not being exploited by the Cubs ever. Like they're like, yeah. we need five well, solid guys, <laughs> you know? It's yeah, like, well, and, yeah. and in addition to that, I feel like, I feel like people f- think that if you call a prospect up to the majors and like say Alzali or Marquez, they've been a starter their entire minor league career and you call them up to the majors and you put them in the bullpen. I feel like, like fans everywhere think that, now they're a reliever forever. They can't. They can't go back to the rotation. That's not the case. Like you can go to the bullpen if you're a good enough pitcher to be in Chicago, but not not good enough for the rotation quite yet. Stick them in the bullpen. Get that development up with major league coaches, and then you can put them back in the rotation in a couple of years once once they're ready. I, I feel like we get caught up in oh now he's in the bullpen. He's he's a, he's a reliever forever, and that's not, right. That doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, and then send him down, play, play a little bit of winter ball to stretch him out to get yeah, a exactly. few, you know, because, yeah, if a guy gets used to only pitching one inning, you know, you can't, you know, he's up there April to August and he's pitching one inning. Yeah, September, you can't throw him out there to start a game. But yeah. you send him to Arizona Fall League, then you send him, you know, to the Dominican for, you know, just to just to stretch out, you know, pay yeah. attention to him and and then maybe in the spring training, you have a chance to put them back out there. Like they, it, I, I know exactly what you're saying. It, it is like a, it's everything's an all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so you're either yeah. a starter or you're not, and yeah. there can never be anything different. It's it's that the the really sharply defined roles that they've come to. You know, this guy is a closer. This guy is your seventh inning man. This is your setup. You know, like all those. Defined roles, they, they come out of performance. They don't, you know, they don't have to, they're, they're fluid. They can be, but let me ask you real quick, Greg. So they're not doing AF, the Arizona fall league this year. If that's canceled, but they're doing some instructional league, which there's like 40, 50 guys down there. And what are they playing? Inner squad? Are they playing against each other? Like, how's this working? Do you so know? It, it absolutely sucks that like we don't know. Uh, no, but today, today they, they announced that they, well, through players posting on social media and just hearing from things here and there, uh, found out that the Cubs did play today against the Giants in the Instructional League. Um, and, and, of course, like, that was on Marquee Network. Right, right? I was just going to say. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> if only we had a station dedicated to this yeah. team that we could watch it on. That would be yeah. so awesome to see. That makes you know, way too much <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and before... Sorry, I had to put... While Tom's getting booed, though, my, my question, though, me. you won't be booing about that in a year. Is there any? You guys, won't you won't be booing about the Marquee Network in one year? Is there any reason, though? I'm sorry, Greg. Is there any reason that they don't show it? Is there something secretive there? Like, why wouldn't they show that? I mean, like again, I I don't want to watch tennis matches from 2014. Like, you, you don't want to watch Tulane football? Come on, right? Um, no, is there I, a reason? I kind of so when when they were in South Bend, like during the regular season, I kind of understood it because it's like I guess that if if they're broadcasting it, then teams across the league can get some extra scouting on these guys and potentially be interested in trading and some trading for some of them. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just trying to justify it. I guess this the the instructional league not being on TV makes zero sense. I. I I got I got nothing for you. I, I wish I did. I have nothing for you. Because we would we'd really like to see it. Like we would have watched that today, and we yeah. would have talked yeah. about that game. And then we, you know maybe they don't want to put the pressure on those players or or get them distracted from working or something. You know, yeah. you know. I, I mean, I know that I know that like they didn't even play a full nine innings. So so like ten minutes before we hopped on this, 
um, Arizona Phil came and po- made a post about what happened during the game, which I didn't think we'd get any type of information about what was happening down there. Uh, but he posted that Ed Howard had a pinch hit double. He posted that uh, nice. Jordan Wogan got on. and He posted like, kind of what happened throughout the game, which is awesome because that's, that's how we're finding out any information about what's happening. Um, but it's just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really get not having on TV. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, guess, I would love to watch it. <laughs> I mean, because then, I mean, if you, if you put minor league baseball on TV, well then who's going to watch major league baseball? Come on. It's a, <laughs> that, I mean, well, they're a monopoly that, for a reason. Like me, they're, yeah. yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to compete with themselves. Okay, yeah. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, trade the core, trade them all, da, da, da. But one guy that may really truly still have value would be Wilson Contreras because he did improve on, on what was really the glaring weakness, which was his uh, framing. So his framing's better. We know about his arm and, and he's a solid hitter. He is the one guy that right now, if you said, who's somebody that you could really get value out of? You're not going to get value for trading Chris Bryant or Javi right now. I mean, that's not going to happen. What you, what you should expect in return, but Wilson may be different. And so, you know, uh, Rick asked, Amaya up next year? Is Wilson gone or could you see that? Or is Wilson still need, or does, uh, Miguel still need a little bit of fine tuning? I don't, I think that, um, so Miguel Amaya would have started this year in Tennessee. Because he he finished the last minor league baseball we got to watch was him in in Myrtle Beach. So that's and double so he, A. He would have been in double A in double A Tennessee to start this year, um, potentially making it up to Iowa in triple A. But he's been a guy who's been one level each year and and consistently get, getting better from each level. Um, so I kind of would have expected probably the majority of 2020 to be in in double A uh, next year in uh, to start the year in Iowa with potentially getting called up to, to Chicago in 2021. Um, I I don't think that necessarily means it's time to move on or, or take advantage of, of Wilson's trade value now. Because, um, I mean, we saw the first half of this year, um, David Ross taking advantage of two catchers, right? He had he had Wilson and Vic uh, DHing, catching, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Miguel, that went great. The, yeah. the, the, old, the old DH of Vic it, Caratini, but what do you bat? It might be more interesting with, with – Amaya, though, because Amaya is more of like a defensive first catcher, right? Like that, that's what he was coming up. Uh, the past couple of years, he's turned it on with his bat, but he's he's a defensive first guy that just so happens to have quite a bit of pop, which is exciting. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, we're we're good to move on from Wilson now because Amaya is ready. Because I, I don't I don't think I mean he hasn't he hasn't played in the upper minors yet, you know. So I don't think he's he's quite ready yet. Even if he had a great like a uh, great year in South Bend with major league coach or with, with minor league coaches this year, he's, he's still not quite ready yet. And how much do you think that this whole not having, I mean, are you, how concerned is everybody about the development of their talent? Like but with the year off and yeah. just having that South Bend. Yeah. So I, I, I've been talking with some of the, pl- some of the minor league players and it, it just kind of, de- so it depends on, it's a lot easier for the pitchers than the hitters because Pitchers can go out and throw bullpens to nobody and, and work on their pitch development and work on uh, picking up some velocity and stuff like that. Hitters need to face live pitchers. Like they, and, and it helps for, for pitchers to face live hitters, but more so the other way around, right? Like hitters need to see these live at bats. And so I bet it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a, a, a uh, it's going to take a while for them to come to starting in 2021 and, and get used to facing live, live pitchers again, I'm sure. Um, but different guys have different experiences, right? It depends on what they had in their hometown. Did they have a, 
uh, a gym with a lot of other minor league players that happen to live in the area they could work out with? Did they do they live in the middle of nowhere and have access to nothing except for a, a makeshift mound in their backyard? It just depends. It, it depends on what they had access to. And that's why you're seeing like the instructional league is so, so important to get as many guys down there as they can to get in front of these these minor league coaches and, the, and these these uh, uh, this the development team. You know what I mean? So, you know, Chris Hagstrom Jones from South Bend, right? Yeah. He told me before I came on here because I, I had to show him my South Bend swag. He told me and this is a quote. So I'm just quoting him. Davis is in the future. Talking about Brennan Davis. Tell us about Brennan Davis. Dude, he, he, he's good, man. He's, he is, so I, I got to see him live uh, last year. I live over here in Columbus, and I got to see when South Bend played uh, Dayton. And so I went to the game and was there before the game on the field watching batting practice and stuff like that. It was uh, one of the first games of Davis's career, or like, like career up in South Bend. And that, that weekend, actually, he, he had his first uh, home run at that level. But I was out there watching him take batting practice. And, like, you know the, you know the sound when, like, you, you hear a guy hit and you're like, that sound. Like, that, it just sounds a little different from a guy. Brennan Davis has that sound. Like, it, he, was, he was just peppering the right like – he's, he's a righty hitter. And he was just peppering the right center wall just with line drives the entire batting practice. I, I was – I mean, because I, 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 was, I was pretty high on him coming into the year, but, like, we just didn't know enough. Like you don't know enough about a guy until you see him play, like watch him play live, you know? And- so uh, have you, have you actually met him? And I only ask because uh, my mother has been asking me about Brendan Davis okay. because <laughs> Brendan Davis happens to be a friend of my cousin's daughter. And uh, who, they who went to high school who, together, and who saw so Ferris at Thirty One Flavors. My my mother, <laughs> my mother and my aunt, they want to know if this kid's a good guy, and I'm like, what? what? They're like, will you follow the Cubs? I'm like, I don't know. How do I know this kid? <laughs> yeah, so I I got I got the chance to interview him there, uh, down in down in uh, or over in Dayton, and nice. so he, he's a super super nice dude. I mean, when I interviewed him, he was like 19 year old kid. And getting his first weekend up in up in like full season ball, I interviewed him. And I was like, it, it was one of my first interviews I'd done with players, and it was one of his first interviews that he'd given. And so I, I was like, ah, I'm expecting him to be a little nervous, a little like rough around the edges and stuff like that. He was. It, it was like he he'd conducted interviews like that his entire life. Just like every day, he just wakes up and has those interviews. And he he was a really really good dude. He was he was easy to talk to and. Uh, I got nothing but good things to say about Brendan Davis. And how, I'll, I'll, I'll report good things to my aunt and my mother now. They'll I'm be not, so happy. How, how long do you see on him? Like it, it, That's uh, what I'm wondering about the time frame. Because there's a, a roster turnover right now. Like, you know, we said it at the beginning. You got a year on most of these dudes. Like, I mean, they could not bring Anthony Rizzo back next year if they didn't want to. Like, it's just an option. Uh, but – you know, we're going to see some some changeover. Is there's a gap there, isn't there? There's a gap between when this year ends, if depending on who they who they extend or if they do extend anybody, and when these guys will these hitters will be ready specifically. Maybe some of these pitchers will be a little faster. Sounds yeah. like there there is a little a little gap, right? Like like Triple A and Double A, these top end prospect hitters are not there yet, except for except for Miguel Amaya. Uh, everybody else was in single A ball, so they they I mean they're on a normal ske- normal schedule they'd be twenty twenty three probably. Um, they, 
I sat down with my spreadsheet, my nerd spreadsheet, trying to figure out where guys are going to start the year next year. And I could, I couldn't do it. It was, it was so because you have an entire year where you don't know how they progressed as players, how if they progressed well on their own at home, how well Brennan Davis did in South Bend. Obviously, Brennan Davis has an advantage being in South Bend in front of coaches, but like I, and they're praising him like crazy. But he was only set to be in Myrtle Beach this year, in in, in high A ball. So does that mean that he's going to start next year in in Double A Tennessee? Was he good enough to even make it all the way up to to Iowa? Like I, I don't, I don't know how well. And, and we don't even know if there'll be a Eugene anymore because exactly. they're cutting a complete team out of the situation. They're completely restructuring the minors, so we don't know who's going to be back. And you know whether this instructional league situation or what they did in South Bend is really more how they're going to protect and coach these guys instead of getting them into maybe seasons and games like i i don't know it, it seems like, like they're redoing does, everything does right the, now does the the south bend level this year where like the the extra players were does that count as a full season for some of these guys like does that does that mean that brennan davis and like, he just skips over high a does that mean that chris morell skips over high a does i or do well, they still it, go back it, to where they're gonna go you know it also depends on you know what the other teams are doing too right yeah. because it, you bring him back and maybe he has lost a year on some of these guys and maybe he's gained a year. Like you yeah. never, it's such a mess now what, what not having bring, these kids play. What if they take Brennan Davis back down to Myrtle beach and then they find out a guy that's similar to him in the Cardinals organization. They brought him up to triple a. It's like, then the Cubs, the Cubs organization is like, Oh shit. Like, like not, what do well, we screw up? Like, well, and you just, and you just said they've been quite uh, conservative. On yeah. many of their younger players, not the hitters as much, because I feel like Theo feels pretty confident in the hitters he's drafted, and there were some kind of no doubters. And so let let me ask you. Uh, let, actually, let Jeff Berta ask you: um, Who is one under the radar hitter that nobody is talking about? Um, what? Well, um, I think that I'll, I'll answer that in two parts. I think that one guy that people aren't talking about that's close to Chicago. Um, as far as hitters go, is P.J. Higgins, who we saw a little bit in uh, spring training this year, yep. and he looked really mm-hmm. good in spring training. I thought um, he might make the team. Yeah, yeah, and, and he he's not a guy – he's never appeared on a whole lot of top prospect lists, like no nationally writ, like publications um, for top prospect lists. Uh, but as far as like, – he, he just – he's been really, really good consistently over the course of his career. He's an older guy. He was going to be in AAA this year. He uh, catches, he plays corner infield. Uh, he he kind of does a little bit of everything, um, but he's not a guy that anybody talks about at all. Um, and I'm, he, he's not going to be a star. He's not going to be a stud. He's not going to be a starter in Chicago, but he's a guy that plays multiple positions. He puts the bat on the ball. He's a guy that doesn't strike out as much as a lot of the guys on the major league roster now. Um, so he's a guy to look out for. Um, I think that lower – we. We talk about Brennan Davis a lot, and for good reason. But a guy that gets lumped in with Brennan Davis and then kind of like gets knocked off to the side after he gets lumped in is Cole Roterer, because right. also a first a first round pick, right? He, yeah, they they were drafted like back to back. They were drafted right next to each other in their draft, uh, and Brennan Davis is just kind of taken off. And Cole Roterer had, if you look at his stats from 2019, they're not pretty, but. It was he got progressively a whole lot better as the season wore on, and he was also a guy that he was 
18, 19 years old playing in South Bend, Indiana, and he spent his entire career playing in, in Southern California. Uh, so he got off to a rough start in the cold, which I don't blame You're him saying for. he's a wuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't handle the Midwest. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. You're <laughs> you're you're soft hostess cakes. Yeah. And and Bren, Brennan's rank, ranked number two in the Cub system, and Cole's ranked number five. So they're right by yeah. each other. Yeah, you know? and yeah. I I think uh, Brennan Davis is number one. I I I think that some places have Braylon. Um, a lot of places had Nico coming into the year. Brennan Davis is the number one prospect. Yeah. And Nico system. made the team, and that that's a question from Eric uh, Wade Ginter. He says, uh, are they keeping Horner up now? Uh, yeah. Do you think that he's kind of I got of a lot of opinions team? about Nico if you want to hear him. I got a lot of opinions yeah. about Nico. Yeah, we bring him. That's what we're here for. 2019, I was just I was shouting for Nico to make, even in a regular normal season, to make for Nico to make the, the opening day roster. Um, he just bring he we saw he brings things to the Cubs that the other hitters don't have right. He doesn't strike out very much. We, you'd like to see him walk more, but he's just a guy that he doesn't ever look look overmatched, right? He he had an all he had a bad year this year. He was the stats he put up were not good, but every no home run bad year, no power. But yeah. he but he didn't as you're watching him play live, you didn't feel like he didn't belong. You know, like he, he didn't, he wasn't completely entirely overmatched. I think part of that is because he doesn't strike out a ton. If he was up there striking out 50% of his at-bats, we'd take notice and be like, get him the hell out of here. No, and, and, um, in fact, the one time I rem- really remember him batting was one at-bat that I think he fouled off like eight pitches or something yeah. like that, like against Hater or something yep. in, uh, you know, against the Brewers. And like you're saying, he was not outmatched. Nobody could touch anybody all day. And then he goes up there and just starts slapping balls left and right. Then he really had no <laughs> chance of hitting, but yeah. he kept himself Nobody else in the box. Hit, so. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that this is once again, we're not have we're this stupid COVID year where it hurt a guy like Nico tremendously because he really wasn't getting a lot of at bats. Those were going to Kipnis. You know, and, and when you talk about a young kid like that, you want to be able to get him playing more often than not. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that, that's where I think it really hurt Nico probably more than a lot of the guys is instead of getting development or whatever, he was there, but he wasn't just getting a chance to hit every day. That's, well, people, Nico's not from Chicago, so. People people <laughs> underestimate how difficult it is not just to hit a baseball, but to, like, be on the bench not hitting for two or three days and then, okay, now come on in, kid. Yeah. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. I, I – I, I, I'd bet I'd bet on him to start the year next year back in Chicago. I mean, I, I think that this year, even though he didn't get toward, especially towards the end of the year, full at bat, like like a lot of at, at bats, he's still got a year of development in the major leagues, and you can develop in the majors just like you can develop in the minors. And sometimes you you it's it's easier to develop there. You know, uh, I don't know. I I, I think that I I again. I'd slate him in Chicago to start 2021. I mean, I, I know that you want to get him him consistent at bats, and I, I think that he could be able to do that in Chicago. I think he can make the, the adjustments that he took from this season, carry them over into 2021, and, and be successful. So do you so, think well, he's mean, your starting second baseman against lefties? I think it's starting against lefties and against, like we saw this year against the high-velocity guys. Ross loved using him against uh, uh, big-time velocity because – He's not striking out as much. He can he can shorten up and he has a quick stroke, put the bat on the ball. So I, I think he can get the I guess the lion's share of at bats from second base in twenty. Well, and who else are they going to put at second base? I mean, really, like it, yeah. from what we know right now, he is the second baseman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
They mm-hmm. have to bring somebody somebody new in unless, Greg, you know somebody that's waiting in the wings to come take that position. It's got to be Nico at this point. Yeah. Well, and, and the way I look at it, looking at Nico and looking at David Bodie, is that you want to develop Nico Horner to be your starting second baseman because David Bodie, in my opinion, David, I, I love David Bodie, but in my opinion, David Bodie is a guy that you use off the bench. Now, you get him a lot of at-bats. I think he, because he can play third, he can play second, you can shift people around. Yeah, he's the first guy out there, no doubt. Exactly, yeah, but he's the first guy off the bench, not a starter. And I think you're developing Nico to be the starter, so that's why you get him more at-bats. He is your starting second baseman. David Bodie fills in multiple different places to get more at-bats. Yeah, because you don't want David Bodie out there ever if there's nobody on base you want to put him out as soon as yep. you get a guy on base then that's when you're sticking david Bodie out there to yeah, we, we looked at uh, david Bodie's clutch stats uh mm. last week and i'm going to put them up real quick it's hilarious it's hysterical um runners in scoring position he's batting 379 with a 1.176 ops um, it, he just does nothing but, but hit. Uh, nobody on. He's batting point oh seventy. <laughs> Men that, that's on. why you don't have him start. Like you're saying, yeah, he yeah. comes off the bench because you don't want him up there all the time at any point with nobody on. But man, you see a guy on second base, Rizzo, yeah. sit down. We're yeah, sitting. He, he's got up. a he's got a flair for the dramatic, and I agree with you. He's more of your bench player. Your your. Uh, Mark DeRosa utility. If they can p- teach him to play like left field too, like uh, you know that that I, is, I think if David Bodie's starting consistently, that's probably not a good sign for your team. Yeah, it means Chris Bryant's hurt, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. we we saw a lot this year. Um, so all right, le- uh, one of my last questions is, for you is this: uh, now, who since you know who might be in the wings and you know who you might want to see up here in a few years, who would you want? Let's say you can pick two guys that the Cubs would extend and then build around those two based upon who's coming. Who would you pick? So like extend a couple guys at the major league level, knowing that there's reinforcements coming in future years. Yeah, you'd be like, well, it's okay. We'll get rid of Wilson because we got Amaya or we'll get rid of Bryant. Taking a look at positional strength. Yeah. Like who are you going to need to keep and extend? And you know how long how long till Ed Howard's here if you need Javi Baez those type of situations. Yeah. Well, so it's funny because like I, I feel like when you ask a lot of people who the who the people if if you could choose two people who you could extend just like period a lot of people go to Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez even though he had he had the rough year, the the bad year this year. Um, catcher and shortstop are the two strengths in the system. So. If you're not going to extend a couple guys, those are probably your guys that you're not going to extend because you got Miguel Amaya, you got PJ Higgins, down lower you got Ethan Hearn and Ronnie Quintero, all catchers. Um, and then at shortstop you have you mentioned Ed Howard, uh, you got Nico who could really play shortstop if you need him to. Uh, the Cubs are going to sign Christian Hernandez out of the the Dominican this this uh, this winter. So there, there's a lot of depth at short and at. I thought catcher. we traded all our shortstops. They're, they're, they're all still coming. They're You're all living still coming. in the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still, well, there was a while there. There was a while when the big story was we had too many shortstops. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's now they're now they're all back down in the lower lower levels of the minors, I guess. Andy, I, did, I didn't mention Andy Weber at shortstop. Andy Weber, I, I yeah. really like Andy Weber a lot. Um, he's not again. He's not a guy that's going to be uh, uh, going up there and hitting thirty bombs in the major leagues, but like he's a really good, really good shortstop defensively and offensively. Um, yeah, those two positions. So, I, 
I guess if I'm looking at it that way, not necessarily extending Wilson and Javi. Maybe you go for for KB and you 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 buy low on on KB and extend Anthony Rizzo because he's the captain. Okay. Well, I mean, we like the Rizzo thing, but everybody everybody who pays attention to this show just fucking just started tweeting you just shit bombs <laughs> just like <laughs> I, 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 Wilson and Javi that's the guy you're not getting I, I, I like it Greg I, I, I like Chris I, I go El, I go Almora you buy low on Almora <laughs> I mean you can extend Almora for minimum back. 10 years on minimum he'll stay yeah, uh, we would get in trouble with our friend Wes Jameson from Cub fans in Oklahoma if we didn't ask about Cole Franklin Hell yeah. I, I'm, I'm shocked that it took me this long to bring up Cole Franklin. Uh, Cole Franklin is my favorite prospect in the system. Now, I don't, uh, Brandon Davis is number one, right? Like number one prospect in the system. Cole Franklin is my favorite prospect in this. He, he's just getting no love from like national publications. I know that like guys like me and Brian Smith over at Bleacher Nation and Todd Johnson with Cubs Insider, we really like Cole Franklin. Um, but, I, I think that he's getting he's not getting enough love than he should be. He, I mean, he's he was a high school draft pick. Uh, he came up to to Eugene in 2019, made it all the way up to South Bend, and midnight he can touch mid 90s with a fastball. What I like most about him is that with high school pitchers, when you draft those guys, they don't typically have a good changeup. Like they're 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 the fastball curveball. But Cole Franklin's changeup is really 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 good. Like it's it that's his that's his number one out pitch. And he, then he went into the pitch lab and started developing his the, the spike curveball that Craig Breslow's teaching everybody how to throw. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Frank, if I'm betting on one pitcher in the system to be like a fixture in the Cubs rotation for for years, it's Cole Franklin. Well, I was I, I just know that uh, you know he's real you know Cub fans in Oklahoma is a big group. Beathers was on earlier, and they always give him a really good send off. So I'm wondering if I should send a baseball down to get autographed now before it starts yeah. to cost me a little bit of cash. Yeah, it will. It will soon. Well, I, I wouldn't he, worry about it because if you go to Kohl's, it says it's fifty bucks, but it's actually only twenty dollars. <laughs> it's much cheaper. If you just show up, maybe give him some Kohl's cash. And yeah, you can go over to Kohl's house and bring back all your Amazon things you don't want to. It's, <laughs> it's really, it's actually perfect now. Um, yeah, well, that's interesting that you, that I, I'm interested to see about the, the organizational depth because it's not something we pay a heck of a lot of attention to here in, until these guys get to double triple A. And obviously somebody like, Contreras and Schwarber were just just killing it down in the minor leagues before they came up, and then they continued to kind of do it that at the major league level. It was just became became an undeniable thing at that point. So they well, yeah. so do you so let me ask you just is the is the farm system good again? It's it's close compared I, to I, other teams compared it, to what you know yeah, about so other teams. I sponsors. think I think had. 2020 minor league baseball season happened, I think they would have been a top half of the league farm system. Right now, they're, they're probably not just because we didn't get a chance to see, to see uh, Cole Franklin prove it, right? We didn't get a chance to see uh, Miguel Amaya continue to build. We didn't get a chance to see Brennan Davis prove it. A lot of those guys are at the lower levels right now, and so they need an extra year to kind of prove to everybody that they are legit. If 2020 minor league season would have happened, yeah. I, I think that I think they would have been a, a a top fifteen, a top half of the league farm system. Um, I, right now, I'm way more excited about 
the pitchers in the system than the, the position players. I'm, I'm excited about some of the position players too, but it's the, it's the pitchers that are getting me really excited and the guys down at the lower levels too. Well, we've talked about it a lot on this show about how uh, Wrigley Field plays like a pitcher's ballpark even more so than it plays like a hitter's ballpark. Like you certainly, everybody knows about those games in August and July where the ball's just flying off the bats and the score's 23 to 22. Like those are the famous games everybody thinks about and everybody in the bleachers with no shirts on. But really, most of the year, it's kind of cold. The wind's blowing in. So if if you kind of want to take advantage of that, maybe you want some dudes that can, you know, either, I mean, sounds like we got some guys that can uh, miss some bats throwing 102, although, uh, it, but if you spin it up there, you got your Kyle Hendricks types, you know, pitching the contact, like that can work out for you too. And if you got a one-two punch like that, maybe you build in a way like that for the future. Uh, Cubs are famous uh, for drafting hitters uh, for years or signing hitters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, even in the shit years, they're like, ah, we'll get one guy that can hit 40 and people will show, you know, and that's what happens. I mean, me and Crawley been going watching <laughs> that crap for freaking 45 <laughs> years. So, uh, but it, it's interesting to see that they might be turning a corner on that. And part of the rebuild is that, you know, Dr. Frankenstein, Craig Breslow, Tommy Hadovy, Pitch Lab, you're getting real young. You're getting real nerdy. I'm, I'm a little worried about. I mean, we talk about, like, I know the all the rumors about Theo Epstein and how he's probably gone after next year and talking about gone this year. But I'm worried about once Theo Epstein leaves and there's a lot of turnover in this front office, I'm worried about this new pitching infrastructure. I'm worried about him taking Craig Breslau. I'm worried about those guys that this is brand new and we haven't seen the results of all their efforts. I'm worried about the turnover in the front office when that happens next year. You assume Theo is going to another team. He's going to start running for president of the United States. Like yeah. The fucking baseball thing is over. I keep hearing, though, a lot of these Ivy League guys are wanting to make their way into European soccer, too. So That's hopefully Billy Bean, right? <laughs> yeah, Billy. No, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Billy Bean and uh, Theo is that it's just like it, it's these are guys that have kind of done it here. You know what I mean? And so right. – they're they're like the the ridiculous takes that we get in baseball are just not racist or horrible enough. Let's go to European soccer. Let's really take on a challenge. So, Greg, tell our tell our listeners what they what they would hear on the uh, Growing Cubs podcast. What's it all about? Yeah, so we picked just the best time ever to start a minor league baseball podcast. We've had we've had four, I think, forty two episodes now, and thirty two of those episodes have been when minor league baseball is not actually going on. So Dude, that is, that's absolute respect right there. Uh, this, this show knows what it's like to go all winter yeah. long. No, no clue what's happening. Just, you know, it, it's just, it's been a cluster, but uh, yeah. No, so really it's, it's just us talking kind of like this for, for an hour long, every, every other week or so. Um, just talking about the, we, we kind of cover the news and notes of whatever's going on in the farm system at that time the top prospect lists that are coming out, the potential Rule 5 draft protected players, stuff like that. Um, but over this super, super extra long offseason, we've had a lot of interviews, which has been awesome. Uh, so we've interviewed quite a few players. Um, had We had Cole Franklin that I mentioned on. We've had uh, most recently – actually, 
uh, episode is dropping this upcoming weekend with uh, Max Bain, who is a guy that uh, the Cubs Hell signed a as a – What a great uh, yeah. baseball name. Yeah, Max yeah. Bain. So the Cubs Next signed up, him as a non-drafted – Max Bain. Um, <laughs> the Cubs drafted him as a or, uh, signed him as a non-drafted free agent, and like he played D two baseball in Michigan, and he just kind of like he 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 lost like fifty pounds over the course of like a few months, and went from throwing like ninety miles an hour to throwing like ninety seven, and just this crazy crazy story. So we got him on, and we were interviewing him, and he's just he is him and Craig, Craig Breslow speak the same language. They are just just like me, just big time nerds, but they're talking spin rate. They're talking all like all that stuff. That's way over my head. And Max started talking about this a little bit. And I was just like, all right, I can hold my own for a little bit, but you're getting, you're getting a little over my head. Man. I'm going to have to end this part out. We're, we're, we got, we're going to have to, but if, if they were, if somebody here watching tonight was going to check out one episode, which one would you steer them to? Oh, geez. Um, I really liked the, uh, we had an interview with Jack Patterson, um, who is, we haven't mentioned him yet today, but, uh, he's a guy that he made it up to double a last year in Tennessee, but started the year in Arizona. He didn't even make a full season season affiliate last year out of, uh, in 2019 out, out of the opening day. Um, but he has a really, really good story. Uh, we interviewed him. I would think we were on with him for the full, like almost hour long of the episode. Uh, so check out that episode with Jack Patterson for sure. Cause that was, it was a fun one. I mean, some of these dudes, I mean, we get some of these guys on and, and, you expect them like they're they're baseball guys, right? Like they they just talk baseball all the time. But a lot of these guys are just they're they're like you and me. They're just normal guys and just want to chat baseball or chat whatever. So uh, Jack Patterson was one of those guys. Just a really cool guy. Uh, really just a normal guy who just happens to be really fucking good at baseball. Yeah, we, we don't really have any normal people on this show. You have to understand like this. Relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. So I, I do need to congratulate you. I, I know that this is probably the se- – this uh, doing the Sunranto show is the second best thing that's happened to you this week because yeah. earlier this week, there you are. Oh, there look you at are. That. Congratulations. Yeah, nice you know. I, I don't know. I don't know where you are, but uh, it seems like. Are you kneeling on top of graves? As I, you, it kind of what it looks like. I didn't realize <laughs> that as I was planning this out. I probably should have considered that. Yeah, but no. Uh, There's graves on Columbus. Yeah, yeah. We uh, on You're, Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday you proposed to your beautiful fiance. Now at the yeah. time, and there, there's the happy couple afterwards. And uh, that's wonderful. So well, congratulations. Earlier, the, earlier when we were talking here, I was telling you about how, oh, like, I think it was before we came on the air. You're like, oh, like, are you on a, are you on a Mac? I was like, oh, and I'm, I'm not even on my computer. I'm on my fiance's computer. Yeah. I think that was the first time I'd actually said, like, I'm on, like, I'm doing something with like, my fiance. So that was the first time I had said that. So you oh, paused, yeah. you, you paused, weird, you paused right? a second when you said it. You paused a yeah. second. You yeah, realized it when you did it. I was like, I was like oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I hope. Hopefully we get invited to your Zoom wedding. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I've got to wait for a while, yeah. <laughs> my sister's getting Zoom married in uh, 10 days, in fact. I'm pretty sure that's the only way we get invited to any weddings. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as long as you're not physically here, sure, <laughs> you can come. You Send want. us yeah. a gift. <laughs> I, and honestly, if you need a band, the Bleacher Bum Band is always available for your wedding needs. Yeah, that's a great point. That's I'll, I'll have to strongly consider that, boys. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. We'll, she, I don't know we'll, how she we'll feels about set. it, but I'll consider it. We'll bring. We'll bring the Lord. Uh. <laughs> now we're talking. Well, uh, once, once all the grandparents are 
or nice and drunk, he'll hit fuck the Cardinals yeah. and go out big. Yeah, we'll go there up we big. Go. They'll love it. No way to end it. Yep. Greg so, Hus, everybody, follow him on out of the at out of the vines on Twitter and Growing Cubs podcast. Subscribe to that. Yeah, subscribe on on anywhere you find your podcast. We are there, so uh, be sure to subscribe and listen and and do all you want because we're. Uh, we're coming to you with all sorts of segments and interviews and stuff that doesn't actually have live baseball going on. It's great. <laughs> well, well, I think right now is a perfect time. Not, well, not the perfect time because there is no minor leagues. But right now, because we're in a transition time, that you guys are hitting it great right now. Yeah. And, and I would love to have you back on this show to kind of check in as to what's going on with some of these dudes that we talked about tonight. Because it's a lot – frankly, it's a lot for one person to keep track of if you're watching all the major league and the minor league and all that stuff. And I know some people have the time to do it, but most people don't. They need people like you – who like the stuff and you know are, are nerding out about it and looking at the depth charts and all that stuff. So yeah. thank you for your service and keeping track of uh, you know our future. Basically, like yeah. you, <laughs> you are uh, the soothsayer of Cubs fandom. Yeah, well, yeah. Anytime you guys want to have me on, I'm I'm more than willing to talk whatever minor league baseball or prospects or if you want to find out about a guy that just got called up or anything like that just uh oh that would be great out. because we yeah. always butcher that part of the show like who yeah. the hell is it, it was like, me years ago when i was like who the hell is this guy it's it's, yeah. it's yeah. nothing but bad cole's jokes <laughs> yeah all we do is make fun of the guy's name until he gets sent back down again trying to figure out how to pronounce advert i for three weeks oh that, yeah. that was that was in the entire last year was try, yeah. try, is pronouncing his name different ways. Oh, and, and <laughs> people are still doing it wrong. Like, yeah, it's yeah. all over the yeah. place. You never hear it the same way twice. Well, then yeah. we had a guy from Puerto Rico, Jose Orlando. He wrote in, and, and he actually said it and sent the tape to my – like, he sent me a, uh, a uh, voicemail message saying his name. But then you have to say it in an accent. He's like, Adber Azolai. And we're like, well, nobody's going to do that here. <laughs> They'll be like, is, that, is he having a stroke? Hey, it's that Adbert guy, the Adbert Azolai. Yeah, this is Chicago. It's Adbert. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, that's also wrong. But we can, well, if we it's can, Crawley, he might we'll just drop Adbert. the T off of the end of the name. Adbert. Adbert. Yeah, people Adbert. Adbert. Yeah, all of it. But <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. You did give me hope for the future today, Greg, and I appreciate that. But um, last question. I was saving this for last. Okay, we raised money for Delvin Zinn, the Zinn master, and also for uh, DJ Artis. And, yep. uh, you know, it, they, you know, because uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, nobody had any money. All those guys got fired. And and, uh, and so we we raised money. We sent them a bunch of gift cards. So was our money wasted on those guys? Like, are they decent players? I didn't realize you guys did that. That's awesome. Uh, it is an hour in, and it took me this long to mention DJ Artist. Uh, DJ Artist is, like, one of my favorite prospects. I know that, like, on Twitter, everyone's like, oh, DJ Artist, it's your boy. And I'm like, yeah, like, I, I really – he's he's one of my guys. Uh, we had him on the podcast. He was our most recently released episode. Um, having him on, interviewed him. He was a great interview, great guy. Uh, he's a guy that is – if you want to look out for a guy that's, like, potentially a leadoff guy in Chicago in a few years, like, keep your eye on – What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And maybe I'm just saying that because I'm optimistic that we need a leadoff guy, but like he, he's, he's really entertaining. He's a real small guy, just like take some daddy hacks out there. Like it, it's, it's terrific. But, uh, artist, great guy. Delvin Zinn was one, another guy that I, I interviewed down in, uh, over in Dayton. Uh, super, he, he is 
everybody, every player you talk to, every broadcaster, every coach in the minor leagues say Delvin Zinn is like the ultimate clubhouse guy. It's he's he is the the guy that you want to have in your dugout uh, supporting your teammates. So uh, a couple of good picks there, guys. N- nicely done. Oh, good. So we, we we did a good thing. We didn't uh, like support uh, some jerk off like yeah, the, the worst also, guy. Even if he was the worst guy ever, I probably wouldn't have said like, "What are you guys doing supporting that asshole?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have said that anyways. But for real, artisans in good guys. <laughs> oh, sweet, you guys. We nailed it. We nailed right. it. Oh man, all those meals that they had at Chili's on us. Yeah, no, that's great. We got him Chipotle. What else we get him like uh, <laughs> like uh, Mike Subs or something like that? I forget what hey, it was, but eating better than most of the minor league players down in uh, down in the system. So <laughs> that's awesome, though. Well, hopefully, awesome. they shared. <laughs> All right. Well, well. Thanks for coming on the show, and congratulations about uh, the engagement and everything. We'll definitely have you back on, probably you know, sometime this winter because yeah. hell, it's freaking winter. There's nothing I mean, else to I mean, about baseball. <laughs> we, we already did last year's off season during the regular season this year, so now we really don't have shit to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Take care, Greg, and best of luck to you and your fiance. All right. Thanks, guys. I right. appreciate it, guys. Take thanks, care. Greg. Pardon the interruption, but you're not a Patreon subscriber, so I would like to talk about my nose hair and how when sometimes when I pick my nose, a booger is stuck in my nose hair, and when I go to pull out said booger, well, it can be a, a mess and very painful. Bloody. Well, guess what? That doesn't have to happen to you because Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It's intelligently contoured. Its design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes to use. Now, have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? I did. I just told you about it. That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to. It's delivering you maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed-whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hairs is a major turnoff. So it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Remember, you get 20% off with the code armchair at manscaped.com. So what are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Okay, the wait's over. We got a triple header of fun this week. Football, strutting its stuff. Baseball playoffs, they're going. I mean, it's an online cavalcade of betting possibilities. Now, you might not be at the game, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. 
Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And if you never want to hear an ad on the Sunranto show again, all you got to do is subscribe to us. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Get her done. All right, man. That That is so cool to have somebody like it. Cub fans are really lucky. and It's so people... cool to have somebody on the show that knows what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Finally. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but what's, what's really cool about it is that, you know, I remember when Ivy Envy years ago started paying attention to the minor leagues. Uh, it, tw- 2012. Tw- I, I mean, love when about- you say a few years ago. It was 10 years it ago. It was 10 Danny. years ago, right? A decade ago when my hair was much shorter. Right. It's, was, it's uh, when I first lighter. found them. Yeah. It's- yeah. Exactly. It's been a while, but you know, because they, same thing, they were looking at the major league squad and it was 2013, 2012. And Oh, David Elliott writes in real quick. Don't forget about the player grade show. Don't worry. We're going to wait until the whole season is over, like the world series, everything. And then player grades coming on. And we can't do it a day. We had, I mean, we just did an hour. We had a guest. Yeah. We had a guest. guest, No way. I mean, but we'll get to it. we, We definitely will. But, um, Anyway, it, Ivy Envy was paying attention to the minors, and I never did. I was up 2012, 2013 doing a podcast about the crappy Cubs with Lyle, and we were just <laughs> making fun of everybody like, hey, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know who was even on those teams. Like, I, you know, I don't even remember. Half of them are dead, I think, at this point. No, here, here we go. What's the timeline for Josh Vitters and Brett yeah, Jackson? Exactly. <laughs> that's That's where you were back in – Actually, that was Ivy Envy back in Tyler Colvin. When's Tyler Colvin get a? Wasn't that uh, wasn't Brian Brian Lahair in there? Brian Lahair. Yeah, Brian Lahair. You know, MVP candidate for happy year. But who's the guy that's uh, now doing marquee shows? He does the marquee post game. That he was involved with those tapes. Sean Marshall. No, probably he's a million years old. I'm, I'm drawing a play because I, I don't really watch it, but um, <laughs> no, Emilio Bonifacio, like, you know, I'm, I'm talking like I'm starting to come. Emilio Bonifacio, I think was 2014 uh, was his only year because that was, uh, yeah, that was the Javi year. Yeah. Emilio 64. He was cranking them early in the season. But, Luis Valbuena. Yeah. Also around that RIP, 2013, RIP yeah. baby. Too bad yeah. about him, man. He was cool. And he had some good years for the Astros too. Um, so yeah, well, let's move on anyway, uh, into, cause it's interesting that he, that, uh, Greg just said that it's possible that DJ Artis will be a future like leadoff man. Cause I wanted to talk about a little bit about Ian Happ. Cause I was walking around. I've been taking a lot of walks lately and, uh, walking by the lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ian Happ is not. No, Ian Happ is not currently playing because the yeah, Cubs and, he, and he wasn't there. taking walks before either. But uh, but I thought about Ian Happ's year in an article that was written by Michael Cerami about Ian Happ. Now Cerami, it, I spent a lot of time with him last year on the uh, outside the Ivy Show, sitting backstage. We had to sit back there for three hours together. And I found out how much Cerami loves Ian Happ. Like, Cerami is so high on Ian Happ that he actually owns an Ian Happ fathead that he, like, carries. He brought it to work with him. (laughs) (laughs) He had it just so he could hold it up and take pictures with it uh, when Ian Happ, like, hit a double. 
or something like, you know, Saravi would have that fat head with him. Huge fan. So he, so the first article he writes in the offseason was about Ian Happ. Ian Happ, we talked about it last week. He was in like MVP conversations. He was. After a month, a month and a half into a three month season or two month season. Was it a two month season? That's two what we're talking about. Yeah, two-month season, but he was – I mean, he had the, one of the highest OPSs, and then he got hit in the face with a baseball that he fouled off the ground and into his He face. hit himself in the face with yeah. the baseball. Yeah, he, he fouled it off. It hit the plate and came straight back up into his eyeball. Yeah, and then uh, he hit two home runs immediately, and then he didn't do anything for the rest of the season. And uh, Cerami uh, – uh, you know, because he he pointed out that um, and let me bring up this graphic real quick uh, that Ian Happ was uh, slashing. Uh, let me I got to can't find it. You don't have your readers on. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, no, it's before my. Oh, here we go. Before the wall, which Cerami calls it. Ian Happ had one hundred sixty three plate appearances. He was slashing three or four. 420, smoke him if you got him, and a 659 slugging. A 182 uh, uh, WRC plus with a 16% walk rate and a 23.9% strikeout rate. In best in basically every way you can measure results, Hap was dominating, right, Cerami. Now, after he got hit in the face, 68 plate appearances, which is nothing. He slashed 159, 221, 175 on 11 WRC+. 11! 5.9% walk rate, which is nothing. 35.3% strikeout rate, which is high. And in basically every way you can measure, right, Cerami, he was horrendous. In case people don't get how bad that 11 was, 100 is what the averages that's just that's where you start so 182 he's really high and 11 he's literally the same low <laughs> yeah yeah 82 percent better than everybody else 11 percent or and, no 90 percent worse <laughs> and, and it's and it's no coincidence that you know hap was really the driver of that offense when all the other guys didn't produce and then when hap hit that wall that Cerami's talking about all of a sudden, now the offense is – you got nothing. Like, the offense is completely dried up, you know? I was well, reading that, and I got really confused about hitting the wall at first because I was like, wait, no, he hit himself in the eye. Yeah. Like, wait, did he also run into the wall? Like, I was I, – I got a little confused for a minute. Well, but then I realized uh, it's a metaphorical wall. People forget this, but he actually <laughs> scored the only run in the playoffs. <laughs> it, was a, it was a home run. Uh, do you boys remember sitting on the roof? And we didn't see the home run go out, but we saw everybody jump up in the Cubs dugout and him run around the bases. And- yeah, that was good enough for us. No, I, was, I was actually uh, getting a beer. I didn't see any of it. Uh, <laughs> you it was, everybody, everybody fucking went nuts. And uh, I was standing there, and the TV was like, I don't know, 45 minutes behind the game. And so, <laughs> hey, Sunranto fans, a quick message to you as we head into our holiday shopping season. Did you know that you can help out the Sunranto show by shopping through our links at sunranto.com slash shopping? Uh, there's all sorts of ways you could help us out. Uh, Amazon, you ever hear of it? <laughs> It's only the largest company ever. So, uh, yeah, Amazon, uh, you click on that link there. 
Uh, it's right on the left side of the page. You go to sunranto.com slash shopping. Click our Amazon link. Buy the crap you were going to buy anyway. We get like a dollar. Okay. Now, uh, let's say you're a sports fan, which I know you are if you're listening to this show. Well, you got the MLB shop, the NBA shop, the NFL shop, uh, the MLS soccer shop, LIDS, NHL, uh, sports memorabilia, StubHub. We can get back to the games. All that's there. You like Reebok shoes? You can, uh, you know, click on our links there. Use our links. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, if you're into vibrators, uh, we, we sell those too. Mattresses, condoms, Zazzle, wine, beer. Come on, people. Let's get this done, okay? Uh, sunranto.com slash shopping for all of your holiday shopping needs. Thanks for supporting the podcast. If you never want to hear another ad on the Sunranto show, patreon.com slash sunranto. Early and ad-free listening. Access to all the show notes. Uh, and all the media that we use during our live show. Uh, you get to join the Sun Ranto Super Ranters Facebook page where we do special things with each other. And um, I don't know, just do it. It's a dollar a month. Come on now. All right, patreon.com slash sunranto, sunranto.com slash shopping. Uh, we're trying to eat here. That's, that's, all, that's the only reason I'm doing this. Just need money for food, beer, tickets, you know. Life! Back to the show. Well, here's the other uh, thing, and I don't have a graphic for this, but his average exit velocity before and after the wall went from 91.7 miles per hour, which was 22nd in Major League Baseball, to 89.6 miles per hour, which was 70th. And his line drive rate went from 25% to 15%. 36 to 146 his ground ball rate jumped from 40.6 to 56.4 and his infield fly ball rate jumped from 6.1 percent to 9.1 percent so the pop-ups on the infield and uh this is the worst part 40 percent increase in swings on pitches outside of the zone at around the same time he began struggling Hap also saw a notable drop in fastballs and a significant increase in curveballs and changeups. So all of a sudden, they were throwing, they were spinning it up there with the off speed, and he wasn't able to hit it. Maybe, so, maybe that eye injury wasn't hurting on the fastball because the fastball is just a, uh, you know, comes in and you swing and you go for it. Whereas you're maybe using your eyes a little more to try and pick up the spin, and maybe he couldn't. Maybe he just had a bad focus. It's it's hard to tell. And the other the other thing is is that the book on Hap was you could get him on the high fastball. Michael just called in and he said yes. (laughs) And then that that high fastball was was just that was the book on him is you could and so when he started laying off that high fastball, that's when pitchers had to make the adjustment that we're not going to get this guy on the high fastball. So that's when they start moving to other pitches that he was obviously then struggling with. Yeah, and the the thing that I think that's so important about somebody like Ian Happ is not only is he a, a switch hitter, but I like the move to put him at leadoff. Like, he's a dude who's got the pop that can put you up one nothing real fast at the beginning of the game, or unless you're already losing <laughs> um, because it's uh, your home. But, uh, you know, he can put you up real fast. He's a dude that has multiple skills as a hitter, so he can, you know, he, I think, 
he's a good hitting a lot of doubles candidate uh candidate like uh Nick Castellanos kind of dude like I could see him having a year where he can smoke like anywhere between like 35 40 doubles you know for you at at, at the leadoff spot um the you know the the pop it's developed but he's probably a, you know on average a 15 to 20 home run guy if they let him be that dude he hits from both sides of the plate and I thought to myself like this might be you know you, everybody wants to talk about oh who do you extend do you extend uh you know Brizzo do you do the Javi Contreras thing like how do you work this what do you do with Schwarber that kind of thing but nobody ever talks about Hap yeah <laughs> nobody ever brings no they don't they don't bring him up and, well, and that that makes perfect sense for the Ricketts because nobody was talking about Bodie and that guy got an extension. Again, too, you're talking about control. How much control do you have? With all these other guys, their time's coming up. It's it's pay them or lose them is essentially what you're doing. With Hap, you have a little bit more time, and obviously there's a lot of payroll that's being shed. You don't know what's going to happen with Lester. And then, you know, again, you're probably not going to extend all four of those guys, so there's going to be more money that's going to be available. So it's not something you have to worry about now. Well, Mickey for what he Forrester gives you, is not on the Hap bandwagon. First half of the season was a fluke for Hap, she mm-hmm. says. No, I don't know about that. Coming with they, the hot takes, Mickey. They they sent Hap down at the beginning of 2019. He came up and he did great. I, I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, he had a great second half of the year. And he seemed to have put something together. Uh, like last year, he had an 898 OPS. He ended up hitting 11 home runs in only 156 plate appearances. Um, uh, 128 OPS plus. Like, if you're going to take a dude that has like a reg, like on the regs, because he ended up with a 131 OPS plus this year. He had a 128 last year. I think that's maybe where he settles for a couple years straight. You know what I mean? Mostly from the left side. I think he's a better hitter that way, but he slaps it well from the right side. So if you're facing a lefty, you know, and he's in there, like he's not going to get the power off that side, but he can, you know, hit it to the opposite field. Like hopefully he will not, uh, you know, spend all his time uh, selling mom jeans like he is in this photograph for Muggsy jeans or, uh, you know, coffee or all the other shit or hair plugs or doing his podcast or all that shit. Or me doesn't need to do. Like he was all into that shit. And then the season started, he was on fire and maybe right around the time he was like, man, I just, you know, I can't do the jeans. I can't do the fucking coffee anymore. I'm too busy with this baseball shit. It messed with them. Yeah. It's well, like, I'm this ball's a real bummer. Get nowhere else. <laughs> Again, when Theo did, I, I've been, you know, I, I kind of revisited that press conference. I went back and kind of edited it up and chopped it up a little bit. And Theo was very clear that it was Hap that made the adjustments that he expected him to make. He was not happy about getting demoted to the minor leagues. He made the changes and it benefited him. And when you, when you, again, this is why it's so damn hard to say Hap is this or that off a short season or bias is, what do you make of bias? It was such a short, weird ass season that again, a lot of times you whether you're talking about Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo or Javi Baez, those guys go through slumps during the season. They hit a wall. And then all of a sudden one day they hit two home runs and go three for four or, or three for five and break out of it. And, and, and this year you didn't have a chance to do that. 
Yeah. Well, and, and you got to wonder where, I mean, last week we said, I think Hap breaks out of that. And that was my feeling too. Like, uh, you know, that Hap would have broken out of whatever, you know, hit in the eye slump that he was in at that point. He did fall off a cliff, which is disconcerting. And we, we've seen that with even Bryant, you know, who is like everybody's golden boy. Uh, you know, to be able to put that together and never do that, you know, never go through a slump of that caliber. But, uh, you know, and, you know, for example, like Rizzo will slump, but he never slumps like Hap just slumped at the end of the, for that month. Like, you know, I don't think we've ever seen a month long Rizzo 11 WRC plus moment for, you know, I don't think that's ever happened. No, because when Rizzo goes, and Rizzo's the- Rizzo. Every time you see Rizzo in a slump, it's like, oh, he's over, he's over fifteen, over sixteen, right? But his OBP is like two eighty, you know, because yeah, he's taking walks and he's getting hits and he's fucking and 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 he's got like eight RBI because he doesn't get the hit, but he drives somebody in. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of what I'm looking at, really, and we're not going to see it till next year, uh, is is that, you know, uh, you talk about building around these, you know, these core players or whatever. But um, I really think it's a lot hinges on the success of Ian Happ at the top of the lineup. I really do. Like, I think that's the linchpin, like, in a Dexter Fowlery, you go, we go away. You know, look, he, he's somebody that can do a job that you need to get done, but same situation, man, is if you get – he's not – He's not the guy that you're really depending on. If he is, you're in trouble. The no, guys, I, the guys you're depending. I'm I know what you're saying. A linchpin. I, I, I get it. It's you know, it's like, depend on linchpins, Danny. All I need, otherwise all I, you don't get lynched. Don't you understand I, how linchpins work? What I need him to do is just to be slightly above average, and that would make all the difference in the world. To be honest, I don't even know what a linchpin is. That's just a thing that I guess uh, people. I think have. you've made that obvious. Yeah. <laughs> No, a you go, we go situation is what I'm saying. Right. You know, Big hits I could off be wrong. the top. Ricky Henderson style. Yeah. Well, not Ricky. I mean, well, <laughs> that's the worst cop I may, maybe ever heard. Well, you know, guys, we're just about to the end of the bottom of the ninth. The Dodgers have put a thumping. Yeah, what is that final score? Like, we got to talk a little bit about it. Yet it's fifteen to two, Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers! Dodgers The the barves are coming back. The Dodgers up make it fifteen to three. The right, the Braves are making it. It's it's a fake rally. Hashtag fake rally for the Braves. They're only down fifteen three now. They just the Dodgers scored twelve in the. In the I, first I inning, I was making guacamole and, and putting up a charcuterie plate just for dinner, and uh, you know, just like putting out the dried <laughs> meats and and the cheeses and stuff, some olives. And uh, it, while I was making the guac and putting that out, they scored twelve. They scored all those runs. Like what was yeah, it? they scored eleven I runs. The score I saw is twelve runs. Right, it's twelve nothing, and I'm like, oh, that game's almost over. <laughs> the, the first, yeah. In the Atlanta was just starting to hit. I was like, "Holy shit!" So yeah, no, it was that was insane. And if you remember, the Cardinals did that that to the Braves last year. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm really at three zero. You're really kind of hoping that 
I'm sorry, two nothing lead. It's now going to be a two to one series, but I'm really, really pulling for the oh, Braves. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm pulling for Atlanta to score twelve more this inning. Yeah. Well, let me curse the Dodgers yet once again because a Dodgers fan punched my girlfriend in the eye in 2016. There is a photograph of the black eye, the famous black eye. She was doing nothing but just walking, and some Dodgers fan punched her for wearing a Cubs hat. So, I watch. I watched a Dodgers fan try to fight. Try to fight a Cubs fan holding a baby in the upper deck. Yeah. These people are terrible people. They do I mean, not deserve to win ever again. The weird I thing was, him. Danny. I think he was picking a fight with that baby. Yeah, he. No, I mean, they, the person they, holding it was. Again, we, we've talked about it before. The fans are just assholes. They've always been assholes. They literally put people in the hospital, you know, and like yeah. kill, kill people. It's like, fuck them. Yeah, I would yeah. normally argue with you a little bit about fans because fans of every team think every other fans are terrible. No, but, but like Crawley said, these guys have put people in the hospital. Like, they, like, like they're really, they, they take it to a different level and it's pretty bad. Philadelphia fans will like pour battery acid in your eyes as you're trying to catch a freaking fly ball. They're like, <laughs> and the other game that's going on right now, unfortunately, the Houston Astros just put up a two spot. So the Astros are up four to two on the Rays, still in the sixth inning, still plenty of game left. Two runs is not the end of the world. And uh, Tampa Bay leads that series three to nothing. So I would love to see a Rays Braves final. Did you oh, guys see the, the Tampa Bay, uh, uh, the their logo? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a, that's it's uh, a TV, and the and the B looks like it's a butthole. <laughs> like, it really and so does. I, I love that uh, uh, Rispy Business at Melissa BK tweeted out. She's like, "Go buttholes!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I am just, you know, I, I'm sorry. The, everything about the there's. Two things going on with me with the hat. Three things going on with me with the Astros. Okay. Number one, the way that they just cheated and, and the fact that they just don't own up to it and just like, yeah, we're sorry we fucked up. And yeah, you're going to have to hear about it. That's part of the deal. Okay. But like just how indignant they are that people called them cheaters when they fucking cheated. Okay. Yeah. So that's Can't number one. You'd call me a cheater for cheating. Number well, I, that's, that's how the world works now. Number two. Okay. You want to talk about bad fans, Houston fans? If this was a, uh, if this was Cubs, I'd be like, you know what? We fucked up. I'm not, and I'm not going to try to defend these assholes. We cheated. Sucks. You know the the way that they defend them on Twitter, like everybody cheats. Get over it. Blah blah blah. It's like if you're not cheating. Up. You're not trying. It's right. Like, it's no, just like just shut up. Cheat. Just, just yeah. take take the L on this one. And then the third thing is Dusty Baker. Okay, I. It, I'm so sick of how the media fawns, the, especially the beat writers uh, and Nightingale and uh, all, all of them. They all just sit there and they fawn over Dusty like he's the greatest thing. And he's so clever and he's so this and he's so worldly. It's uh, Here's what I think. I saw Dusty here. I was at Wrigley Field for game six and seven. This, tonight, probably about this time, roughly 17 years ago, I was in the stands, and I watched Dusty completely mismanage game six of the NLCS. Oh, that was – tonight, I believe, is the anniversary of game six of the NLCS. But, you know, not only uh, does Dusty mismanage things like that, but he cannot wear a mask for shit. 
Have you seen any of the pictures of him and his stupid? How do you want him to wear a mask if he always has a toothpick on? I hate all these fucking people, all these coaches, and all the sports trying to wear a mask. And every they, they might, if they possibly have it on correctly, then they do this, pull it down, and then they yell at somebody. And it's like that's where the fucking spit comes from, dickhead. <laughs> I just, I, I, I hate the, the the national media fawning over Dusty. And again, when I was here, I saw, I just heard a lot of excuses. Like even to the, like so, you guys. <laughs> I'm putting up a picture of Dusty Baker. He he, it's over his nose, not his mouth, and kind of over his eyes. So I don't even know like why any of that. He doesn't so, need to watch. I mean. Let, the, let, so here's a quick Dusty Baker story. I'm I'm at. Uh, I, Wait, I, is this story time? It's not story time. It's a side story. Oh, oh shit! It's a side story. But side either way, story time with the short one. The short one. We'll just do the. But short just one. like I, I, I like to. Cl- I'm people don't know this about me. I'm a history major. Okay, and I love the history of the Cubs. And I'm sorry, the Bartman game was a big part of the history of the Cubs. It's a bad part of the history, but it's still part of the history. Crawley, Crawley's the guy that put that on the fucking top ten greatest games of. Cubs. I did not put it on Marquee. top ten greatest games, but <laughs> I did get that photo of Bartman, and I have it signed by Alou who was the guy trying to catch the ball. I have it signed by Pryor, who was the pitcher on the mound. And so Dusty was coming into an autograph show, and I got it signed by Dusty. But I'm like, hey, Dusty, remember this? You know, just trying to make a little small talk. He's like, yeah, you guys gave him a lot of shit, huh? And I'm like, dude, at the post game, so did you. So don't try to throw this off on the fans. He always throws other people under the bus. I'm sorry. I just don't like the. I don't like him. I didn't like his attitude. I didn't like his coaching, even to this day. And yeah, you got my sixty dollars, Dusty. But that's only to put your name down in the Hall of Shame in Crawley's Cub Museum. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to visit that part. Like, oh, I, yeah. de- I, I can't wait to get my picture up there. Actually, because oh, yeah, it definitely yeah. belongs there eventually. <laughs> um, and actually, that video of Sean Rodriguez punching you. That belongs in there. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm right song. Maybe the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. It's so good. This is yeah, and I'm sorry for the podcast listeners. It's basically Sean Rod and Sean Rodriguez punching me in the face. It's well, on a green screen. Well, it's a good, he superimposed his face over the water cooler that Sean Rodriguez was punching in the Pirates dugout that we all know about. <laughs> I was trying to do one, and I'm, I'm just not good enough. And see, this is why our, I really appreciate our Patreon subscribers, because I sat there for about an hour today trying to insert myself into the Steve Bartman play. <laughs> like uh, over a, over a green screen, and I I couldn't get it right, so I just didn't even release it. It's like it's like you know the you know when the Rolling Stones have a song that they just are like it's just not good enough for the people, you know. That was, <laughs> and that's so I I didn't even put it out there because I couldn't make it look right that it was funny. Uh, but you know the the Patreon subscribers allow me to have the time to spend about an hour of my day trying at least. To insert myself into the Steve Bartman play. And happy Bartman Day. Danny, do you know who should also have Patreon subscribers? MLB. They're losing money. They're Oh, God. They really should. They should actually start a GoFundMe because, oh, my God, they put out this week that they lost three kabillion trillion mega papillion dollars. Did you hear this? 
Dude, lost so much money, which um, our fr- good friend Tony Spangenberg, Bleacher Tony, to, to those on Twitter, he's a finance guy. And uh, you know, uh, on Al Yellen's post on uh, Bleed Cubby Blue, that was on Facebook, he was like, well, 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 they're spinning this. Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah, they are. He's like, this is not – this is loss of revenue, not profits. Like – uh. They might have still turned a profit. We don't know, but they are already positioning themselves. Here's my takeaway. Right. They're already positioning themselves to not sign so, anybody for any money. What uh, you're looking at is is that MLB does make a lot of money off of TV deals, especially now with the expanded post layoffs. So we don't – the thing about MLB is they always tell us this, but they never open the books. It's just kind of trust us type of thing. Well, and and this is also how the super corporations uh, spin things to say that they've lost money. So for the last like four or five years, the MLB has made like $10 billion every year, right? So they move on $10 billion, $10 billion, $10 billion. So they say this year they're supposed to make $10 billion, right? Why not? They did the last four years. Well, they only made – say $3 billion. They made $3 billion. Let me say that again. They made $3 billion, but they tell us they lost $7 billion. Well, I mean, we all fucking, Oh my God, you lost $7 billion. How is it possible that you can here take my food stamps? And and we found out just a couple uh, of weeks ago uh, that, or maybe it was just a week uh, that Donald Trump, who's running for president of the United States is like $500 million in debt. Okay. Now in debt. Now, meanwhile, he's got gold plated this gold plated that he lives in the white house. You know, he just does whatever he wants all the fucking time. You know, he's He's got a $500 million building in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, that's cool. It's just all debt. No, no, most of us can't take that kind of debt because, you know, they probably figure we're not good for it. And, hey, you know, for me, I'm probably not. But, like, (laughs) but but Crowley and I might be able to swing it. Yeah. But if if everybody subscribes on Patreon, we could be good for it. And I could just start spending like 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 the president of the United States. We'll put Uh, our name on a building. Yeah, or uh, or uh, the rickets, you know what I mean? Because a lot of that is debt. So, like, you know, we these structured deals that we see, like, you know, how did the rickets buy those buildings across the street? They did not just like pay cash. They were like, oh, I'll get a little bit from this bank. It makes sense because the interest rate is so low. I'm going to take this debt, and then I'll be good for it. Then I'll just roll that debt over in a few years. Oh, this would be smart. I'll chop this up into little bits and sell it off to these guys. They never own any of this. It's all owned by a bunch of assholes um, who are all in it together so that, you know, the banks need the rickets to succeed in order to make good on their debt. Something like COVID comes around and kind of wrecks that, but not in the long term, just temporarily because, you know, that debt just kind of spills over. So when, you know, they're telling us, oh, we lost $3 billion. I'm just saying, like, everybody that watches this show and listens knows not to believe that crap. But what I'm saying is, like, they're going to use that. They've Orioles just fired, like, 50 people today. So they can't find the debt for that. They can't find the debt 
to keep your personnel on and keep people and, and, alive. You know, we have talked for a while about paying minor leaguers a livable wage and that being a, a market inefficiency that you could exploit. Oh, and yeah. that's what Theo has always, you know, supposedly been known for is finding that if you can actually pay these guys to work out and train year round instead of having to work at a Domino's or be an Uber driver. Greg you know? mentioned it earlier. He right. said, we don't know what a lot of these guys had to work with. Some of them had real pitching mounds. They're at their high some school. Had, some had a, a fucking dirt mound in their backyard. You but know, think like about this, though. What if, what if Tom Ricketts said, you know what? Financially, we're fine. We're going to pick up all the greatest talent that these other guys are releasing. The best scouts, the best front office people. Theo, you write me five names from each organization and we'll see if those guys are fired. If they're fired, let's bring the talent to Chicago. Think about the inefficiency there and think about the money you could make. If you brought those guys in and really develop talent, like nobody's see, ever. No, well, I, I say that the inefficiency is just the fact that these guys have to stop playing baseball at a certain point during the year because they can't afford it. Right. They're playing baseball during the summer in the, if they're lucky, they're going to go play Dominican or do something like that. But a lot of these guys can't. All they can do is practice for the winter. Well, if they're also working, they're not getting as much practice in. If right. the Cubs pay them twenty five, thirty thousand dollars so they can live for it the says, year, yeah, for the year, then they don't have to work and they right. can actually put the time in. So even your middling prospects become good prospects. You know, so yeah, like maybe it, it involved for maybe a side piece in a trade, uh, you know, something that knocks it over. Right. And so, but, but again, here I'm just looking right now. That's something we've talked about for years, but I'm looking right now is that there is great baseball talent, evaluators, developers out there, jobless. And it's not. Oh, like you were the, talking about the scouting side of I'm, it. Okay. Right. I'm, no, I, I get all that too. Players, I'm, right. Scout, but what yeah. I'm telling you is right is usually everybody agrees. Let's, you know what I mean? And then this is where I go back to the Jerry Reinsdorf mentality of that we're all as owners going to do this. Because if Tom Rickett says, you know what? Fuck it. Here's what I'm doing. Then the owners get pissed at Tom Ricketts because, hey, we're yep. letting these guys go and you're hiring them, making us he's, look bad. He's not going to get the championship belt for, uh, you know, making the right. most money for the assholes. That's, that's, right. why they, that's why they always hated the Steinbrenners. So that honestly, like I said, though, here's an opportunity where if I'm if I'm Tom Ricketts, I say, fuck these guys. I can create a juggernaut by having some of the best eyes and some of the best teachers in my organization because they're let go. You know, yeah. and, 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 and some of the money that Tom's making now is marquee. And there was a big announcement about marquee this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hooray. They actually uh, are going to show some sports. Uh, yeah. They, they the, are going to be. Uh, they they uh, have playing there at Wrigley Field, right? Well, uh, you know, let's be honest about it, though. They are going to be uh, having a, a, a Bears, uh, I think, pre and post Bears. Game. The Bears, and let's oh, be honest, wait, guys. the Bears haven't played in Wrigley Field since 1972. Well, let's be honest about it, guys. There, there are baseball nuts like us that could spend an hour talking about a guy, a 21-year-old in Tennessee. You know what I mean? We just we, we did. We've right. been doing that. Right. <laughs> we exactly but what I'm saying is that tonight. The three of us are not the norm, and, and, and Chicago is a Bears town. So it was a smart thing to do. Okay, I, I think it was a smart thing to do, get some more viewership, some more eyeballs, especially in the offseason. But again, you're, you got this kind of 
dichotomy where, okay, that was the smart move to get some sort of pair, Bears pre and post, but stupid move is you don't have the inst- instructional game on TV. Yeah. And then, and so it's kind of like you, you're sitting here and like, okay, you're making a smart move there, but this is supposed to be a Cubs-centric channel. And what we want to see right now is Cubs players and see, like I said, check out the game, see what's and going on. The guy that they hired to do it is a New Yorker. They're only trying to make money. This, if they would have hired a Chicago person, like who understood the Chicago fan base through and through, because you know Lyle, who was was on this show for years and years, he said to me when I first moved here, when I told him that I didn't give a shit about the Bears, he goes, "Oh, you're gonna know about the Bears." He's like, "Don't worry, you'll, you you know you don't even have to watch the game. You're gonna understand about the Bears." I was like, "I don't even know what you're talking about," because that's not how it was in New York. I know who some of the players are on the Bears. I haven't watched a game since I moved here eight years ago. <laughs> I haven't watched a game since 1985, okay? Since Walter Payton was on the team, I've not watched maybe an entire Bears game, okay? But I know who, like, Trubisky and, like, whether Nick Foles. Or, and it's just osmosis. You cannot yeah. be in Chicago no. and not even understand something about the Bears. I still haven't watched a game this year. You know, I, you know, I, I know a lot more than I care to know about the Chicago Bears. So I get your point, Crawley, that it's a Bears town. But at the same time, like, you know, it's – with the marquee network, why, is it, why don't the Bears have a chance? But, 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 but like, I, 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 I honestly, like guys – All Cubs. Let, let, let's, let's be honest about it here is, is that – you can have both. The, what is a Bears pre and post? It's Sunday. It's one damn day. It's, yeah, do it, it's one day. Do yeah. it and just deal with it, and it's well, fine. It, but there's no reason you can't. They're going to do. Now, now oh, they're going to do. You can do even more than that. You can do right. a Northwestern show. You can do a. a that's what they're going to do. It's going to be what, all what's Chicago. That, what's that's that what they're going to do. Fucking, uh, basketball with Loyola. Loyola, you can do a little Loyola show. You, there's no problem with that because those are those are Chicago places. Those are oh, Chicago people want to know about it, right? But they're going to make the mistake of bringing in Joe fucking Smooth, who is not from Chicago and doesn't give a shit, you know, and he's just going to fucking jabber on about the names that no idea the feeling that he should have for it. They need. To have Bill Swirsky's super fans. That's what they need. Yeah, they not need Bears. they need the Sunranto show. Well, it's it's why Kaplan, you know, we, we were talking about before we went on air, Crawley. Like, you and I know Kaplan pretty well. We love him because we love know Kaplan. him. Now, Kaplan's gotta be one of the most hated guys in Chicago. Just everybody's always fucking up his ass because he's got the hot takes, because he's a real Chicago guy. And, and, you know, he understands what it is. He feels it in his bones, and we all feel it with him. Whether you love him or hate him, whatever it is, he's got an opinion because he cares, and it's obvious. You know Steve, what I mean? Steve Stone wrote a great book called Where's Harry? It's about obviously about his time with Harry Carey, if you have a chance to read that. And, uh, you know, one of one, Harry's first advice is just be authentic. Be, yeah. be, be well, true to yourself, man, well, that, and that's what's going to be a good announcer. And, I mean, I uh, – I don't agree with it necessarily, but people have been coming for Len Casper lately because they're like, oh, he's Mr. National guy. Because Chicago will turn on you fast. Like, we're a bad fan base. Like, we're not good people, really, ultimately. But again, but, but again like, don't, 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 don't try to polish a turd. If it stinks like shit, then just be honest about it. You don't have to say it, but just, just I mean, you can. Well, you know, but he wasn't allowed to try and polish that turd. He, he, he instead 
wasn't allowed to say anything. So then he started to tell us about the fucking Cincinnati Reds and Trevor Bowers new fucking yeah, yeah. Pitch that, that, fuck that made people mad yeah that made people mad i mean len's got some fa- he's fans of certain players that are controversial but yeah in fact let's talk about trevor bauer can we talk about him real quick because he had I mean, quite a week want no we don't have to talk about it i mean it was kind of no, a weird it was kind of a weird uh week i mean you know for for me i've gotten a lot more political on twitter been losing followers hey you know that's funny. I don't lose any followers for. Oh, I, I'm still gaining followers. Well, good. All the people, I guess, were here for the politics and hate my baseball takes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm. I'm. But uh, you know, talking about like losing, gaining followers. There was this whole thing with Trevor Bauer this week. You know, he's got a habit of getting involved with fans. Uh, with I, I guess he's got a bit of a short fuse on Twitter. He, oh, he cannot. He's a little snowflake. And he, he, can't he cannot back down it. from any slight insult from any. Even if it's like a 15-year-old girl with like 80 followers. But that's even better for him because he knows he can win that fucking argument by sending, uh, you know, 100 people after her. He's just nothing more than, than a grown child. He acts like a child. He's, he's, he's like an immature child. And what he's trying to do is be the wrestling heel. And on Twitter, his agent is also his girlfriend. And so the two of them together are just like toxic waste. And it's just a mess. And it, it really, you know, it's I mean, frustrating. This is, this it's, is it's where the frust- Ricketts being stingy is going to help us out because we're not going to get Bauer because there's no fucking way they they shell out money for this guy because he they're gonna they're not going to have enough for him. He's well, a good maybe, pitcher. He's just maybe Len, maybe Len will chip in. Maybe maybe Len will chip in. Yeah, Len, yeah. <laughs> but Len chip in. What is you know, he making? A second, I have some money. <laughs> but one of the things, like, did you see the video of him losing his shit in the? Uh, clubhouse when Votto went from second to third and didn't try and score. Yeah, I did. He's a bad teammate. And like, you know, he is a bad teammate. He left Cleveland under not great terms. And like, you got to kind of read between the lines on some of this stuff because they won't come out and say that they don't like him. But if you look, it's not hard to find 10 articles about how Trevor Bauer has you know, is contentious in some way. Like he's not a good, you know, you, you talk to most MLB players that played for Terry Francona and they will have nothing but some of the most positive things to say about Terry Francona. He is beloved. He's beloved. He, he, he's, he's, he's respected. And when he pulled out, when, when, when Bauer threw that ball over the fence, you just saw the disgust on, uh, yeah, Frank, Francona's yeah, Francona's face. Like, like, what the fuck, fuck dude? Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? And Francona pulled his weight, and they traded his ass. They and traded you know him what? for uh, Puig, another freaking uh, d- kind of disaster of a person who, by the way, did not even play last year at all. Right. No, of all, we got the Cameron Mabins of the world. We got the Jose uh, Martinez's of the world. Twenty Martinez, <laughs> exactly, and. You know, but here's the thing. They didn't even take a chance on Puig. They wouldn't yeah. even, you know, Nobody like here's a dude not that's a just out there. They traded Zach Short. They traded players to be named later and actual like pieces from our minor leagues instead of just giving Puig like 
two, three million bucks. They're still over the luxury tax. They didn't care. Yeah, you know, they wouldn't give him a chance. No, and and you know when Bauer threw that ball and that became the last. It that was the last straw. Like everybody wants to be like, oh, because you know Francona tried to play that off a little bit. It wasn't about that, but that's what happens when you fucking have had it, right? Yeah. Tip of All the, the other bullshit. You are fucking pissed, and then you see something like that. And then you blow your fucking top. Like yeah. anybody who's had a child knows ex- this is this is fucking late Sunday night after a long weekend. <laughs> and, and you know like, what? You're as com- as, as com- like, oh, weekend! You've been acting like a little fucking <laughs> asshole. I will fucking rip your face off. You go to bed now. And yes. I, I can honestly tell you that that as a Cub fan, I've never even had children. See, this is why because I already know like what I would become. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was Friday morning for Danny. As a Cubs fan. Dealing with Carlos Zambrano and his oh yeah yeah my time guy writes in oh real quick Braves signed Puig but he failed the COVID test I did forget about that <laughs> <laughs> exactly he, he's stupid can't, he can't yeah. even pass a COVID test he's stupid but I will tell you dealing with Carlos Zambrano he's not stupid. <laughs> Carlos Zambrano and his meltdowns and his freakouts and his punching teammates Same and thing. going after Derek Lee, it just got it it gets old. And when you're as good as Zambrano was in his prime and you're as good as Trevor Bauer is right now, people will put up with that bullshit. But you know what? It is toxic in the clubhouse. And it just like I mean, I used to, like I said, I, I watched Zambrano from God, two thousand two, two thousand it's funny because he's still a young guy. He was and, on the, the 2003 team. Yeah, he was only like he's before that. He's, he's like, he's like, he's young. He's like, yeah, he's like, and so it was just, I, I watched him for his whole career in Chicago and it was just, you would just sit there and watch him have a shit fit because somebody made a mistake in the field and he'd melt down. And you, you watch. Remember when he threw that ball up into? He, he threw it kind of into Crawley land. I, like, I had a story time with Crawley. My my son's first game was a Zambrano meltdown. He ran through third base, ran through a stop sign, got thrown out by like seven feet, then <laughs> completely lost it the next inning, then made a choking <laughs> sign to the fans, and that's my poor son's introduction to Cub fandom. Yeah, well, perfect. Oh, by the way, <laughs> we we ever it. since. We do have a story time tonight. Do, yes. do, do, do you have time for a story time with Crawley? And, uh, and by I the don't. way, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> dude, end the show of hour 46. What are let's you crazy? Do let's do um, it. I'm tired of talking about let's, Bauer. Yeah, exactly. Fuck, fuck Trevor Bauer. And, uh, I, I, I hope the Cubs don't get him. I, 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 I you know, but, and I do him. hope the White Sox get, uh, Tony LaRusa. Oh my god! As their manager, because that's hilarious. I, I, I actually feel so bad for White Sox right now if they get Larusa as their guy. This is gonna. I don't happen. know Sorry. if you saw my tweet, but I tweeted out about that. I said I have live pictures of Tony Larusa <laughs> leaving LA to Chicago, and it was from weekend at Bernie's. Like <laughs> exactly. I'm like, is it Larusa like older than Biden? He's like 78, <laughs> 79 years old. They're going to fucking have him do 162 like, games. What is going on there? I just don't understand. I, you know what? I actually texted Levante, our our good White Sox fan friend, I, about it. I wonder if he got back to me. Oh, yeah. But it's it's unreal that, that it's like you re- – so their options are Cheater Hinch or 
old corpse Larusa. Like you can't figure out anybody else, yeah, literally yeah. anyone else. Well, <laughs> and I guess the 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 uh, news came out that morning that the immediate thing they did was call Ozzy Gian and say, "We're not considering you in the least, Ozzy. Like you're out." Yeah, that's that was is what was reported. And Levante actually did write me back. He said, man, I missed the announcement. Been running around. Guess Ozzy really pissed the old man off. <laughs> so no, I don't like, think, I don't I think so. Ozzy, that's that meme. Nobody. No, it, it, I think it was one of those. You're not coming back. I think, no, he talked, I think that, that they didn't want the speculation. I think there was, a, there's a lot of respect between Reinsdorf and Ozzy. That being said, the connection with Reinsdorf and Larusa goes back to when you know he was obviously managing here to and literally pe- 1953, and people keep <laughs> they are that old. Both well, of those the issue so tended to be is is a lot of people were pissed when Harold Baines made it into the Hall of Fame, and they're like, "Look, Harold Baines was a good player, Hall of Fame, no, but it was Larusa who was on the Veterans Committee who got word from." Reinsdorf that he wanted Baines in LaRusa twisted the arms Baines gets in the hall of fame. And so it's just this constant, like I said, I, honestly, I think that Jerry Reinsdorf is one of the worst things to happen to baseball. I'll try to remember to post it, but this, uh, I, I believe it was a Monday game. Uh, it was kind of cold it, this year at, at 2020 at spring training, uh, me and John for uh, from Cubs insider, we were walking around and uh, there was some guy sitting by himself out in uh, the right field, kind of outfield, just kind of sitting by himself. And he looked like he was wearing a wig, you know, like a like a Joseph in the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat wig, like you know, like some guy play in that show. And I was like, that guy looks like Tony Larusa. And we we're like, yeah, yeah, freaking fake Tony Larusa, hilarious. And we we're just having a good time. Well, later on, <laughs> we walked right by that guy. That was fucking Tony Larusa. So let me tell you, Tony Larusa looks like fake Tony Larusa. He's not even a real person anymore. He, yeah. he. I think you were right with the uh, weekend at Bernie Comp is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't he, think he's actually alive or real person. He's kind of like Kenny Rogers Botox with like fake Ian Hap hair that's been there for. Like he got hair plugs when hair plugs were invented. Okay, so it's more like a doll's hair, you know, coming out like you know, fifty hairs out of one hole kind of thing. Tony LaRusa <laughs> was already 41 the first time the White Sox fired him as a manager. Yeah, he was an old man when we were kids. <laughs> he was already so like, 41 when he got fired the first time. Yeah, seriously, like this guy's so old he should be running for president. That's all it, I'm saying. It is so weird to think that 30 fucking years later, 30, you know, that they're going to rehire a guy it's, that they fired 30 years It's got to be a smokescreen. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's story time with Crawley, and then we'll TFC, and we'll end the show. How about yeah. that? All right. As uh, Chris Bryant would say, yeah, how about I don't that? give a shit. How about that? Shit. How about that? All right. Are, are you ready for your theme song? Are you ready for your story time? All right. Cool. Uh, I'm looking for. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Story time with Crawley, with Crawley, with Crawley. Story time with Crawley. It's Crawley story time. Well, my friends, we're talking about. 2015 that was today you remember as the Bartman game October 14th but October 4th 13th was one of the greatest days of all time as 
the Cubs defeated the hated Cardinals in the NLDS of 2015. Beautiful day. Jason Hamill, you remember him, Hamill time on the mound. And my pops and I were at the game. We were super excited, stoked. I had the playoff beard going. And the it was it was the game of games where you're talking about Baez hit a three-run home run. And Schwarber became a Cubs legend as he hits a home run on top of the scoreboard. And at the end, the 2015 Cubs were advancing to the NLCS. So the excitement was just – that was the first – I want to say the first postseason victory at Wrigley Field since I don't even know what it might have been of all time. So, you know, you're taking of a series. So we're looking at this and the Cubs are celebrating on the field. You could see that picture here and Rizzo. And I can't remember who else was on the mound on the dugout and they were spraying champagne into the crowd. And there's Jake Arietta, about two feet, our friend of the show, John Vincent, having a blast. There's me high-fiving Hector Rondon. It was just an all-out celebration. We stayed late until the night. You can see the streets afterwards. That's at Cubs fan right there. He has the greatest uh, Cubs Twitter handle. Yeah, that's Jeff. That's Jeff. Jeff watching the show tonight. He was earlier. I don't know if he still is, but it was just an absolute amazing moment. And I did what I normally do, which was end the night at Nisei Lounge. And so you could see the bottle of Malor. I think that sucker was up to the label when we started that. And we we put a good killing on it. Here was the problem, is that I had jury duty the next day at the Richard M. Daly Plaza. And so I stayed up the whole night, woke up, saw the sun. Uh, I think it was 7.22 in the morning, if you look on the clock when this picture was taken. And so I had jury duty. So I, I sat there and I go in and I am hungover to shit. <laughs> so, oh my God, look at you. Just in a, just still like it, you got not, you got like pretty much 18 o'clock shadow right there. So you get the playoff beard going on. You're wearing like, what do they call those necklaces? Those shell necklaces? It's not the puka shell. That was that's a baseball lace necklace. Yeah, but baseball. I, I, it still looks it looks puka shell ish. And uh, you got your uh, Ron Santo shirt on. You got a jersey over it. You got a. I didn't a change my clothes. Field. I just came in. You got, from- you got a cap you you basically bought when you were fourteen years old that you still wear for luck, and you're going in smelling like Malort to the Cook County courts. Like that's what this picture is saying. And by the way, I'm going to post this in, <laughs> in the uh, the Sun Ranto Ranters in the Sun Ranto Super Ranters page because this is a classic Crawley photo that we can never erase. From, and, uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and the, <laughs> as close as you can be to that water fountain. The 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 judge. I am. I am. I keep nodding off. Like I'm like literally just nodding. I can't keep my head up. I'm tired. I, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. I'm just like dying because like you know, like it's like heat and it, we've been sitting there for hours. And the judge got mad and he's like, because I guess it was gonna be like a two week case or something. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna teach you a lesson. You're gonna be on this jury because I can tell how serious you're taking this. And I'm just like nodding off, and both the lawyers are like, "Fuck this guy! We don't want him. We don't want him on the damn yeah." And, that, the damn and, that's, and that's what's fucking wrong with the judicial system, right there. Is it somebody's going to be like, "Oh, this fucking drunk asshole! I'm going to teach him a lesson by being on the jury." And 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 then look what happens. Then you get 
The Honorable Amy Coney Barrett getting grilled today, holding up a, a sheet of paper to the senators that says Rob Manfred hates baseball. To end the story, I did not get picked for jury duty. The fountains were blue. You can see the exhaustion in my face in this picture right here. But it was a glorious time to be a Cub fan. Cub fever everywhere down in Chicago at that time. Beautiful, man. You've been there for a lot. It, it, you know, that's one thing that's nice about being a Cub fan is that, you know, there there's a lot of us doing crazy shit all at the same time. And... um so, uh, TFC out? Yeah, let's TFC it out. All right. Um, I'd, I'd like to go. I really only have one, I would say. I have right. one. I have dose. All right. So, Ooh, you go boy, first, Michael. then, Cotton. All right. Uh, this one here is uh, the Tommy Pham stabbing that everybody Ooh, heard about. Talk about that, yeah. Yeah, MLB star, TMZ reports, MLB star, Tommy Pham stabbed outside San Diego Strip Club. Buzzsaw says, hope Tommy Pham recovers, but the biggest question I have is why strip clubs are allowed to open, but some churches aren't, because that's exactly what everybody was thinking. And then uh, Peter in Point Loma says, what makes me sad is that Tommy Pham is the first MLB player in its long storied history to go to a strip club. It's a sign of our degenerating society. Back in the day, players hung out at church socials where milk and cookies were served by covered women wearing two bras, at least. <laughs> the old double bra. <laughs> the double bra. You, you, Actually, you, they do that in strip clubs to make them look like they got bigger breasts. You didn't know I that? Mean, you, you do wonder about the... Uh, the you know how strip clubs are open. I mean, the San Diego like isn't that like a COVID hotspot? And they're like, well, that's an essential service. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, okay. Like, my, I talked to my niece the other day. Like, to be fair, you don't want to be close to anybody who's near you when you're at a strip club, right? Well, but, then, uh, <laughs> but like my niece told me, like, she's in acting class. She's like 15 years old. She's a little actor. She, she's in acting class. They have to wear masks. They have all these rules. They're staying 90 feet away. All this stuff in the, this giant auditorium. The ladies and- up on the stage, mask, nothing else. Nowhere near the patrons. <laughs> ah, it's just weird. I don't know. That's weird. I, I wouldn't want to go. Either way, I did see the video of Tommy Pham. Lyle sent it to me. Oh my God! Yeah, saw the video of the, his bloody ass back. But I, I, I said to myself, I'm like, do I want to bring the bloody back on the show? And I'm like, eh, not really. So this TFC, <laughs> I don't know why it just made me laugh out loud. Literally, I was dying when I read it. Uh, it says Hulk Hogan's daughter turned 32. This is her now. But it's a picture of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and Uncle Mo's family feedback says she looks like shit. Yeah, she really does. <laughs> yes i'm i'm you know it's i know some women do have a little bit of a mustache but she's really got to get hers under control <laughs> all right i'm gonna go again now danny because i think yours is very long yeah mine's really long yeah so let me let me pop out of the way and we'll finish up with with your diatribe there all right so uh bob nightingale Saying, uh, talking about the White Sox, you know, interviewing Tom Tony Larusa, Internet Apex, LMFAO. I would disown the Cubs if they hired this turd. 
I would burn all my jerseys. I would fart in a tennis ball can and mail it to Tom Ricketts. I would have a friend tell my family I was dead and go into hiding outside the U.S. (laughs) And I love every little bit of that. So I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna just play this before I read my TFC. And I was shitting on myself, so don't shit on me. In Juliana Zobra's news, up on Instagram, oh, where she uh, she likes to feel herself, Juliana went to church this week, and she starts out her post. I went to church on Sunday for the first time in over a year. Over a year since finding church in holy places outside religious walls, I was hesitant. The cathedral was opulent, and the sound of my heels bounced along the marble hallway like a kid throwing a beach ball down the frozen food aisle at Walmart. Wait, what? (laughs) She doesn't know what a beach ball sounds like. It doesn't matter what aisle it's in. Dude, Jesus Christ. I was myself. (laughs) So don't shit on me. Eat your heart heart out, baby. It's just like she literally would fail a creative writing class in high school. (laughs) Crap. I I walked with my head held high, hoping no one would notice the aroma of skepticism lingering around me. Taking my designed, oh no, my designated seat, I was thankful for the social distancing mandate, a gift from God. For someone threatening a combustion of tears or a fist fight at any given moment. Oh, my God. Julie, I'm here all day, Julie. I want to see you fight somebody at church. (laughs) As the service began, a captivating woman with skin dark as an iris began to read. Poised and arrestingly graceful, her voice moved like thick steam through the cathedral. <laughs> uh, uh, where was I? Uh, the cathedral. Uh, the, uh, the thick steam. That's why I yeah, had to bring yeah, it up. Thick steam. <laughs> yeah. And down and down to delicately absorb into the souls of us seated in the pews. I breathed in as deeply as I could and held the air in my lungs like I'd watched my friend with cancer do once, shaking a hit off her joint. Whoa! And I'm like, wow, what a... What a sentence. Are are you here, God? (laughs) One sentence. (laughs) Are you here, God? Are you me, Margaret? (laughs) (laughs) Are you here in the white marble pillars, in the vibrating brass pipes? Are um? See, you you guys are fucking me up. I, 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 I'm not touching the pictures, man. Sorry. Are you here, are you here in the slow shuffle of the priest's feet? <laughs> and the symphonic thump of the benches as we uh, something something and from our knees, it felt like I had accidentally found myself under the table of a romantic date, listening to those around me recite liturgy and sing verses to songs I had never heard. Oh, I, hold on. I thought I was here 
for the fist fight in a church. I am more here for Juliana under the table. Having a romantic date <laughs> with God. <laughs> in reciting liturgy and singing verses to songs I had never heard. I was thankful to have a mask on. <laughs> I was afraid the communion. Such a dick. I was afraid the communion I have found with God in my darkest, most intimate places would be trivialized. Should I step back into a church? I was afraid it would be sold like a stick-on fish bumper sticker, cheapened like a cool coffee bar in the lobby, or pandered to like a worship leader in skinny jeans and deep V-neck shirts. <laughs> You even have photo. I was afraid that I would hollowed out when I left. Felt feel hollowed out when I left. But it was holy, holy like the church I've experienced this year. The green flesh of the earth, the waters of baptism, baptism, the smell of an infant's head. (laughs) You Dusty Baker photo. I turned to walk the autumnal night streets of Chicago, and I was like, oh, my God, she's in Chicago doing this? Right. Oh, God, this is happening in my city. And felt the sanctuary remain within a sanctuary, an eternal flame of my faith, the bread and the wine, the image and likeness of God. Holy, holy, holy. Now, there were 80 comments to that Instagram post, but Catesterfish chimed in. You write so eloquently. I've discovered him everywhere in my child's deep belly laugh, the sound of my mother's voice, and also that small voice within me that has dot, dot, dot. And Juliana says, Kesterfish, your words are like a balm. Thank you, Whiteheart. Okay, look. Fucking epic. Epic! It is epic. And somebody out there is getting a Juliana coming off the church and fucking wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <I> would, <laughs> she she had me sweating there a couple times. I mean, yeah. uh, under the she, table at the romantic I, I restaurant. Myself. Oh, and when she should on herself. She is the most insufferable person. And the fun, <laughs> the funny thing is, is, is we met Zobrist, and and Ben is like one of the nicest. You want to talk about a guy that like autographs for kids and 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 and. All the great things Ben does, and she yeah, is. Who do you just, want to party with, though? Really? I mean, come on. Who who are you partying with? You'd be like, hey, Ben, you want to go and uh, yeah, but, have a good time, or you you party with Juliana? Because I'm sorry, you know, Juliana, she's going to be the fun one, and she'd be Instagramming the whole thing. Ben's going to want to go home at nine thirty and order a freaking Miller Light. I'm not denying that, but here's the thing is I, I, you've, you've been with girls like Juliana and, and then the next day you're like, Oh shit. And then, then she's like cooking your kid's rabbit in a boiled pot or something. It's, it gets real crazy and it's real fast. I mean, I totally get why he uh, ended up with her. I mean, he's in church, right? Super churchy. He meets another churchy and the female churchy gets that hot and bothered 
while talking about God. I mean, poor Zoe never had a chance. Well, they're, they're both pastor's kids. Yeah. So yeah. you know how that goes. I'm the son of a nun. So like I have a very, you know what I mean? Like I, I grew up in the church myself and I, I should not get into this on hour three of this podcast, but, but I'm just saying there's something about there that certain kind of mania that I really do understand. And I'm, I'm very entertained by all of it. So like Mickey Forrester writes in, the best thing about Zoe not being back is not having to hear her sing his walk-up song. I, I feel alive. I got to go through my history of, of my MLB app and, and see what game it was. I was at some game 2016, 2017 that was extra innings, and I think I heard that song like five or six times. I wanted to stab my eardrums. Well, now we we know the only thing she needed was a mask, and then they just would have dubbed the voice. Insufferable. She's literally like, and I don't know why I still follow her on, on Instagram. It's like you're, a, you're fascinated. You love every second of it. Is why you you're, you can't look away. You you yeah, say this away. honestly. I don't have Instagram because yeah, of the Facebook product. So these, these Juliana posts make me want to get Instagram just to follow her. <laughs> it is the pictures and the outfits she wears and how tone deaf she is sometimes. Sounds good. And and the creative writing flunky shit that she puts out there, like 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 literally like like this country, like half the country's going unemployed and she's like showing off all this shit she got from Gucci grab bags and shit. Yeah. It's like I love the uh, bounce yeah. along the marble hallway. Like a kid throwing a beach ball down the frozen food aisle at Walmart. Yeah, I'd like to throw her. Down I laughed room. really hard about that because, yeah, I mean, it's I think I know what she was trying to do. Yeah, but she missed it. A <laughs> <laughs> swing and a miss. <laughs> because a beach ball only makes one sound. Does anybody when it think down like, the hallway? It doesn't if, matter if it's frozen food or uh, you this know is what happens when you give stupid people money in in the deli. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It just – literally, we could do Giuliana's posts if we just got a Mad Libs book. Remember those old Mad Libs book? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same fucking thing. It's just like, you know, name it now. Whatever. We, we could probably have an entire television show just dissecting Giuliana Zobrist's uh, posts and doing dramatic readings. Do I, you think we should try it, to contact her and get her on the show? You know and what? Ask her and I ask do. Her. If people want – Go to Patreon, give us money, and uh, I'll design her clothing. <laughs> no, we will. We will go on to Instagram, and we will do a Juliana Mad Libs for the thing that we just wrote. We'll just take out the nouns and whatever, and you can put in your own shit, and we can see. You know, you could just have that kind of fun with your family. Or we could just have a contest. Is this a Juliana post or a Mad Libs post? <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, I, I believe that's where we end it. What do you say? Uh, subscribe to us at patreon.com slash sunranto, and we'll keep you entertained all winter long. And um, I, I don't know. What should we go out with, fellas? We, we got a bunch of stuff uh up here in the brand that we can let's get. uh you know one more i was thinking one more out to the beer because you and i just said that all wrong we're not closer we're not closer to a beer but i don't have that one uploaded so oh i thought you did sorry yep, yeah i was gonna say because people remember send in your pictures to yeah, send in your pictures what about the, i guess that's why 
All right. Yeah, let's do that so we can get the uh, copyright infringement. Yeah, I love it. Good night, everybody. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sunranto. We will continue to infringe the copyrights of famous people. Good night, everybody. Spagog. 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 Since we won it all, well, brother, it's been forever. But as a Cub fan, you keep hope alive, cause things can only get better. In 1908, we won in spring, summer, and fall. Champions of baseball But ever since then It's been October tears For a hundred plus years And I guess that's why I bleed cubby blue Hey, hey, holy cow Bernie, let's play too The fans on the pavement Wait for home on Waveland There's no better day spent Cubs are my enslavement And I guess that's why I bleed Cubby Blue No place I'd rather be Than at Wrigley Field In the stands I can honestly say Chicago has the greatest fans 45-69 Love the Cubs through it all And if they've taught me one thing It's how to wait and wait we do And I guess that's why I bleed cubby blue Tinker's Evers chance Show on all meters too Lee Sandberg's and Grace's Rounding the bases Cup fan basket cases In tight pennant races And I guess that's why I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Did you ever go buy a pack of Cracker Jack thinking you're going to get a prize, find no prize in the box? Let me hear you! Don't believe the curse. Boston won, Babe Ruth's gone. Curse reversed, besides who in the hell? Would bring a goat to the World Series anyway. Uh, yeah, seriously, what's that all about? I mean, that, that border's on sick. And I guess that's why I bleed cubby blue.
tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.